Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Pro Wrestling World Talks. A very, very special episode, as it is our first ever Halloween special, our Halloween extravaganza. I'm even in, I'm even at the number one horror theme park in all of the world in Spooky World, circa 1998, from Berlin, Massachusetts, before they moved to Fenway Park and other attractions here in New England. But here I am. I'm here tonight. We also have a returning guest, Tony Baroni, his third time on this program, third time on the podcast, uh, and also one of the top independent wrestlers from Western Canada. Well, hello. Also from the Pacific Northwest as well. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule yet again to join us here on the here on the show. Happy to be here. I'm haggard, but I'm here. <laughs> haggard haggard is fine for this program tonight. <laughs> and that's what these round tables are always like <laughs> and uh our producer uh for this program dave king joining us yet again uh hey. tonight for our big halloween extravaganza and a new participant a newbie but not to my own life uh, a friend for over 20 years now, I believe 21 to be exact, uh, as Gene Oakland used to say, my dear, close, personal, longtime friend, I have Mac coming in. Mac, thanks for being on the program Mac! tonight. Thanks for having me. And finally, you heard her recently on the new deep dive of the Dark Side of the Ring podcast here on Pro Wrestling World not really a wrestling fan all too much or new to the industry, I guess you could say. My wonderful fiance, Steph, has now joined the program. Thanks for being on, honey. You see, you saved the best for last. Thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> the only reason you got introduced last is because I live with you. <laughs> I hear surround sound right now because you're just in the other room. <laughs> But thank you, everybody, for being on the program. Um, I just wanted to to let it to be known that Stephanie took a bullet today uh, and the fact of that she watched my top five favorite Halloween Havoc matches and the Saturday, night, the Saturday night's main event Halloween special from 1985. Sounds like a big bullet. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, it is. I had to remind him, I love you. Just remember, yes. if anyone questions otherwise... Look what I am doing. I love you. <laughs> so, to get it, so this question is not really set out for her. I just want to start off with Did anybody go as a wrestler for Halloween at any point in their childhood, teenage years, or even at a party in recent years? Has, has anybody gone as a wrestler? I went as Macho Man. No, you didn't. <laughs> No, I was no. You were a late bloomer, I, right? I was like Batman, and he didn't wrestle. <laughs> no, you had a uh, ha- uh, wrestling uh, Halloween or birthday party, and I went as Ultimo Dragon because I thought going as myself would be just too cliche and lame. That is a that is actually a tremendous pick and very uh, cool that you went as Ultimo that. Dragon. I don't I'm know many people that would pick that. Kind of lame that I just had everything to be Ultimate Dragon anyway. Like it wasn't <laughs> to buy anything. I just had stuff that looked enough like Ultimate Dragon and a mask that I bought like years ago. 
I think I went as the Undertaker at least five or six times because, nice. and I never, ever, I think, paid full price for a costume when I went as the Undertaker because it was like, well, I got the long black coat. I just need to buy a hat. I think my first time that I went as him was in 1992. It was after he turned babyface. I was able to use a hat from an old Freddy Krueger costume. Uh, and I had a coat that my mother had made for me because I was Abe Lincoln for a president's day or something of that year and then my dad had gray working gray like work gloves and a gray tie so i paid zero dollars for the undertaker costume the very first one i know my parents must have loved the fact that i was so cheap as far as that's because everybody's out there dropping 40 bucks at a time yeah well this is 1990s money so they were probably able to get a decent costume back then for like 15 dollars uh, <laughs> I love that um, Tony took my earlier idea and he's a wrestler who dressed up as another wrestler. Yes. I love that. We will talk about that later on. That idea that you <laughs> I have. just love it. Uh, I made myself Matt, way too much to go as myself. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Mac, who did you go as for Halloween if you went? Oh, as man. It was definitely not a wrestler, though. Uh, I feel like there was some Ninja Turtles up in there. Marvel superheroes up in there. I don't think there was any uh, wrestlers. Well, if you I think as, the, the closest you, I got was maybe dressing up as like uh, the crow. <laughs> when oh, yes. Sting was crow Sting, but I think that's the closest I ever got. But it wasn't really for Sting. Oh my god, I need to see that. <laughs> but being being friends with Dan as long as I have been, I feel like I remember the hat that you used to wear in some kind of picture somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the pictures are around. There is a on my personal Facebook page. There is a picture of me uh, as Hulk Hogan. I had the uh, it, that was back in the day when they had like the smock mock-ups, if you remember, with the little cheap plastic masks, and then they had like little the plastic. It was almost like a tarp or whatever you call it, but they painted it on. Uh, it, there is a picture of me, I think, on my personal Facebook page that has that. Um, but that was, I don't remember being that. I think that my parents probably just threw that together um, because in the, that when that, that was going on, I was still too young to really understand or grasp Hulk Hogan or even professional wrestling at that point. Um, but that, yeah, that is kicking around on my page. Uh, I have another, <laughs> another question. Uh, what is everybody's, if, if you could have one chocolate or one treat for Halloween, what would you want your bag to be completely full of? Oh, Tootsie Rolls. All Tootsie Rolls. Are you fucking kidding me? I love no. Tootsie with Tootsie Rolls. Oh, but we have so many. <laughs> Mail them to David. Just send them all to your house him. if you got some. Well, oh my goodness, because we had Dan's 40th birthday. And I'll like well, send you my address pieces. and you can mail me like 100 of them. Yeah, the centerpieces, we had like candy and there's just so many Tootsie Rolls that we just, I think, threw in a bag somewhere. I'm oh getting excited. <laughs> Uh, Tony, what was your favorite? What is your ideal Halloween oh, candy? I'm a big, big peanut butter cup guy. So just oh. give me a, like a sack full, every size that they make. I'm in. I'm good. I'm happy. Do you like them with the Reese's pieces in them or no? Oh yeah, the giant yeah, cups. Those with the extra stuff. Yeah, bring that. Bring that shit on for sure. Delicious. A, I haven't tried the ones with the chip inside. I know there, there's bad. one now. Not they bad. weren't bad. 
I wouldn't like get them all the time, but it added like a little salty crunch. But yeah, like the ones with the Reese's pieces in the jump, or if you want to be real greedy, greedy, there's the one that comes at Christmas time. That's like a full pound, one cup. And like that, that's ridiculous though. I've eaten it in one sitting and felt super sick as you know, as you do. <laughs> your, your body's just like, I can't handle this. No, I don't have self-control. I can't have the stuff in the house though. That's the problem. What's what's worse on your body, taking bumps or eating one of those giant oh, peanut butter cups? That's the, oof. <laughs> that's, that's a tie, I think. It's like, what is the worst bump I've pick, taken compared to this? I think maybe the peanut butter, the whole peanut butter cup might do it. <laughs> Honey, what is your uh, ideal uh, ideal treat? Oh, no. That's hard. <laughs> I'm going to go with probably the Bueno Bars. Oh, the Bueno Bars. Yeah, the Bueno, the bueno bars, bars are like Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, I'm fancy like that. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> on Halloween candy. That's Christmas candy. That's ridiculous. It is not. <laughs> You're all year round candy. <laughs> never thought I'd hear for, I never thought I'd hear Ferrero Rocher on this podcast ever in my existence. Or the Lynch of the Walls. Mm. What the hell is Frepper Roger? <laughs> oh, you're missing out, David. You're too busy to with Tootsie Rolls. Damn right I am. Mac, what is what would be yours? Uh, I'm actually I'm actually with Tony on this one. I, I think the Reese's peanut butter cups, especially the ones that have the actual Reese's pieces in them, are, are fantastic. If I had a follow up, it would probably be Skittles because I'm not huge on chocolate, but got to have some candy somewhere. Well, at least you didn't move. At least you're not in California because you know they they just banned those, <laughs> <laughs> along with like living basically. <laughs> exactly. Have they banned everything I've seen? I, I think they have at one point or another. I think pot's legal, but that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> like everything else out there, it's just like a pain in the ass. So one, one question, and this actually, so I have two, this is a two-parter kind of, okay. So if you had to choose one final wrestling, like top women's wrestling talent to be the final girl in a horror film, like against Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers or Freddie, whoever, who would you pick? I would pick uh I would pick Liv Morgan because one I know she's got some acting experience, but two, final girls gotta when you're final girl, you gotta get that kind of angelic beauty thing, like mm -hmm. they're supposed to be an alleged virgin or something. And then I, to me, Liv Morgan would probably give that image away at least. And she has done a little bit because she did that uh she got killed by Chucky in some in one of the TV shows. Yeah, the new Chucky TV series. Yeah, she Plus, honestly, Liv Morgan is is awesome. We don't see enough of her anyway, so hell yeah, make her a final girl. If not her, Trish Stratus. Mm, good pick. Mm, that is a good pick, Tony. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, what are we final girl? Like, are we following traditional horror rules, or are we doing more new school? Like, it's I don't know. It's tricky. Um, I go traditional. Like if we're going well, if we're going like toughness, then like it'd be like a Oscar, I guess. And I feel like that would be hip with like the new horror crowd. But yeah, mm -hmm. Trish, Trish is a good like good looking but smart, like classic, uh the classic horror girl for sure. Bull Nakano would be a strange final girl. That would be yeah. She's yeah, that'd be a strange one <laughs> for sure. 
Um, or even like uh, Becky Lynch would probably be one. She's she's good at she's would be a decent actress, I would assume. Actor, you can't call them actresses anymore. Yeah, she'd be good yeah. with the catchphrases. She'd For be sure. like really good on rebuttals and like kill like final kill quotes and that type of stuff. She'd be perfect. She'd for that. be good more in that Jamie Lee Curtis type of final girl where she's actually fighting back against uh against Michael Myers as opposed to the ones that more run around and stuff. Yeah, run true. around and barely trip and escape. I could see like uh like a, the Mickey James do being the older uh the older version like the movies that just came out like that'd be you know, oh yeah yeah you know Mickey I mean? James in 2006 could be the horror monster of how evil she was <laughs> Trish Stratus in the whole movie Trish Stratus just running oh god and there's uh, Mickey James coming out I'm ready to kill yeah no that was that was she pretty much would be perfect for like a misery remake for that whole character like, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> You're not it's a sledgehammer to her feet. <laughs> Honey, what do you think? I mean, the, the women's wrestlers that you know, at least. Um, Ouch. Barrier. I'm not barrier. Well, <laughs> I, know, I guess she's not technically anymore, but I know Ronda Rousey would actually survive. Yeah. She she has an excellent point. That, that she would survive, but I always, you know, I liked Bailey. Bailey, Bailey yeah, might be good an now. Yeah. Oh wait, no, Bailey be a good actress. Bailey like be good. That. I was thinking Bianca Belair myself because fast, be able to get, be able, to, I think, also strength and all that stuff. Um, Mac, what are you thinking? I think it just really depends on the type of horror movie. Like, yeah, uh, that's what he was saying. Um, but if you're thinking like the old school slasher films, especially into the, you know, going into the late 90s, early 2000s, I would probably agree with Trish Stratus being the pick there. It's just, she's, she's just got the vibe. That's all it is, really. No, it's not sure she, she does. Has. Uh, present day wrestlers, like active wrestlers, I could maybe see Tiffany Stratton too. Ooh. She's a little bit younger, has a little bit the look kind of like Trish did. So I think maybe Tiffany Stratton would also be a good pick too. Now, if you were, let's say all your hopes are pinned on one person to get you out of a situation, kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and predator. It's like, yeah, it's, it's you against everybody else type situation. You're up against Michael Myers. You're up against Jason Voorhees, Frankenstein, Dracula, whoever. Who would you want by your side as a male performer? Like, who would you want as uh, kind of like your backup to get to be able to take these guys on? The Undertaker, because you need a fucking wizard. <laughs> Tony, who do you think? Oh, like 1985 Hulk Hogan. He's unstoppable. Nothing beats him. That's true. Plus, he's got creative control, so he could just look at them and be like, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> I know somebody might want to pick Cena, but let's be honest, he might just like throw you down and stand on top of you. I did it. I'm great. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no one wants Cena in a horror film unless he, he gets killed really, in the first 10 minutes. He was, he was a really good friend to Zack Ryder, if you recall. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Zack Ryder probably took the worst state, the worst bump I've ever seen inside a wheelchair when Cade threw him off that. Because he had no he had no padding whatsoever. You just see his ankles land like into the crowd. It's like, oh God. 
How are you alive? They took his ability to walk. They took his girls. Like, damn. Yeah, that that was. How was John Cena not a heel for all that? Everything that he did to Zack Ryder in 2012. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mac, who who do you who would you pick? Ah, it's tough. Part of me wants to say RVD, just smoke some bulls with all of them. <laughs> um, if I had a pick, it would probably be like a legit pick. Uh, it'd probably be Triple H. Uh, Triple H will come out with a sledgehammer, and then he's also in, ahead of creative control right now, so he could just ran him out of the story anyway. Exactly. He could just be yeah. like, well, this doesn't work for me. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you're my well, we uh... Break motorcycle. He'll roll in hard with the sledgehammer on that ridiculous bike. With his his wife screaming like a harpy. Yes, exactly. It is good backup. Some of his entrances at WrestleMania have been fantastic, and then you just bring up the motorbike one, and I'm like, oh yeah, that was dog shit. I forgot. Uh, I like that one. Kiss my ass. I believe the Terminator one is much worse than the motorcycle one. (sighs) I I like the Terminator one. That's the problem. I do. I the the my favorite entrance of his is probably still WrestleMania 22 when he came out as a Conan the Destroyer. (laughs) Like and I, that the weird part about that was is I remember three WrestleManias in a row where I was rooting against Triple H for winning a champ, winning to winning a championship, and he, and then WrestleMania twenty two. Here I am rooting for him to win a title. I'm like, wow, this business is weird. <laughs> yeah, is that the one where he was burned by the dry ice? Was that the Conan one, or is that a that, was the, Brock that, was, that was the Brock Lesnar match? That was the Brock Lesnar one. Right. Twenty two was against John Cena. Cena. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Um, Punk was there hanging off a car. He was. Yeah, he came out for scene on that entrance. Um, I forgot to ask Steph, who are you picking? To no, it's fine. I'm just sitting here in the corner. Sorry. Well, I mean, I want to say Roman because yum, but if I'm gonna, (laughs) sorry guys, if I'm gonna be logical about it. I guess I would choose Brock because he's a beast. Yeah, that makes Bro- sense. Brock against Michael Myers or Jason, I feel like your chances of getting out of it alive is pretty That's good. A good fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees to be the underdog against Brock Lesnar. Oh so we, yeah, we without question. Right? He did. I mean, I think Michael Myers is much. Uh, you know, it's not that much of a big gap. Yeah, I mean, even though Michael Myers was booked like Brock Lesnar in 2014 in Halloween Kills, where he literally took out an entire town after being stabbed, shot, hit with numerous baseball bats, um, and somehow still killed the entire town and Laurie Strode's uh, God uh, daughter. Him. <laughs> bless him. God bless him. I love that stuff. I haven't watched those last three, so thanks for the spoilers, but that's okay. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you want to see 20, you can see 2018 and you can see kills, but you can skip ends. Oh, God. Do not watch Halloween ends. I'm telling well, you. I don't want right to do that. You're just going to be angry. <laughs> You've wasted all your time watching that movie. It's not even. It's not you. I'm angry that we're actually talking about it now. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I kind of want to see the, the Michael. I kind of want to see the. Uh, oh, crap. The Rod Zombie one. But cut out like the bad half, you know. I didn't mind the Rob Zombie ones. The first like one, it. at least. I thought the second one was ugh. the first but, one was good. Second one, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I never really pictured Michael Myers as a kid looking like a young Chris Farley. <laughs> I could see that, but I, I thought the I thought the actor that played him was actually okay. The um, actor who played Michael Myers in the in the mask version is actually a WCW guy. Yes, from back in the early early nineties. Correct. No, I I was talking about Nitron. Nitron. <laughs> Um, so that's it kind of like for my questions, at least uh, on that end to kind of more or less kind of get us into the prelude of everything and kind of get everybody acquainted to how this bash is going to begin. Now we're going to talk about our favorite memories from one of the only Halloween themed pay-per-views in pro wrestling, at least. Uh, other than Russell Corps' uh, Horror on Hastings, which is now an up-and-coming event that they do every year, which, uh, Tony, were, you were not a part of it this year, were you? No, uh, 365 on Vancouver. I've been trying to just, like, line up some with me. So they ended up booking me uh, for, it was like, the show was last night. They booked me in, like, May for October, just to like, get right. me over it. So I, I missed out on it this time, unfortunately. But I had a great time at 365 and why I'm so tired today. Fair enough. Um, what was the one that you so you were involved in last year's, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I believe I've been involved in every single one except for this year's. Okay, so what now? I've talked to I've talked to um, Cobra Kai about it before, but apparently each match is like a different horror film story, kind of played out. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. So which ones? Sorry. Uh, which ones have you been? Which ones were you a part of last year? Uh, let's see, now you're asking me what year. I can tell you which ones <laughs> I've done. I can't tell you what year I did. That, them. No, that's fine. Like, I, you just tell me what because I, I think I, I kind of want to hear like the, uh, like which gimmicks that you were kind of working in that that. So those years. my two favorite ones I've done on the Wrestle for Halloween shows. Once it was uh, me as Beetlejuice tagging with Nicole Matthews as Lydia Dietz versus the illa tribe as like demons and i had the best i had it was the easiest match of all time i came in shine 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 the bad guys say beetlejuice 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 lights go out i hundred in the ring don't do anything until nicole matthews gets the mic and finally does beetlejuice 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 lights go out i come back in clean fucking house <laughs> one two three it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> the matches of all time <laughs> and then, um, so that one's really good. That one, I believe, is it's on. It's not on YouTube. I'm pretty sure, but if not, it's on the WrestleCore uh, page on um, IWTV. And then I also did. I was a Ghostbuster versus Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, which was also a lot of fun. And the only time my wife has ever done anything in pro wrestling at all, she dressed up as Janine to be my valet for the. Uh, for, for the evening, and Cobra's like, just I'll give her unlimited drink tickets for the evening, and she's like, told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that was that was a good time. Um, what else have I done? God, there's so many. Those are those are the two top ones that like super stoked I got to do because like those were my pitches, and Steve's like, yeah, man, do it up. I probably spent way too much of my Ghostbusters proton pack souping it up, but that's cool. I've always got Ghostbusters gear now when I want to throw it on, and I actually got pretty good at doing the Beetlejuice makeup. 
did you have the whole garb on like uh the, the makeup the wig and the oh outfit. yeah I, gl- oh, I, that's great. I glued a wig to my bald head and like i glued a bunch of uh it's for like model trains for like grass like so i got the mold all going i have the suit which is semi-ruined but i can still wear i can still wear it the uh the other paint got all over it but yeah no that was uh the fantastic match: Beetlejuice, Powerbomb, Lydia Deeds, Moonsault, Bang, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, when she it. said Beetlejuice, 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 did you get on the mic and be like, "It's showtime"? No, I just popped up from under the ring. Yeah, did did it? Did it showtime? And then, yeah, like I didn't get on the mic, but all of a sudden appear appeared in the ring, quote unquote. But yeah, no, it was wicked, and just a lot of fun. No, I'm sure for you guys, it's like probably. It's almost like because you grew up with like you grew up with Ghostbusters, you grew up with Beetlejuice, and now all of a sudden, you know, your profession, you can cosplay at them and get paid to yeah. do that. Like right? that's got to kick so much ass. Oh yeah, it's it's like Halloween, like like on steroids. Like sweet, not only do I get to put on it, me and my wife are big Halloween people anyway. We got married on Halloween, mm-hmm. um, so already we're stoked to put on costumes, right? So yeah, just being able to do pro wrestling and play dress up and be a giant nerd but people want to see it like that's pretty cool doesn't happen very often (laughs) that's a good way to put it it really is um now which ghostbuster were you did you have like one that you were specific or was or who was your ghostbuster suit says baroni on it (laughs) you had to have the you had the patch made that's great i would have done that too oh yeah, yeah How can you not? That's true. (laughs) Shit, if you want to be a Ghostbuster, put your damn name on it. By God, he's right. But if if you had to pick, who's your favorite Ghostbuster? Ooh, I'm I like Ray. He's he's kind of smart but kind of stupid. Like he's not as smart as Egon, and he's not as as. I've always thought he's the weakest one. Really? Because only because of the fact that like he. Almost destroyed them with a giant forty foot marshmallow man. Yes, it just popped right in there. So many lines. And also, I like, I like him and Winston as a team. Like that's a good. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a good. That's a great team. No, him and Winston are good, great together. Yeah, except when they got went to that birthday party and they got chased out because <laughs> they were chasing Channing He Man for Christ's they sake. I mean, I think Peter is like the two. Like everyone loves like Bill Murray and Peter, so I feel like that's too much of a cliche answer. So I'll give you. I'll do. Yeah, I'll do Ray. I my my two favorites are are uh, Peter and Egon. Yeah. Uh, I I have to have Egon is I think a lot of people's like second or like favorite. Peter's my like, favorite just because of all the sarcasm. Yeah. Well, you know, like yes, it is true. This man has no dick. I mean. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Necessary. I said that at one of our fans today. He was mad because I made a joke in a post. So well, it was. I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I wrote an article a few weeks ago speaking of Ghostbusters on uh, Wrestling Gory Days, the uh, sister page of uh, pro, the pro wrestling world. And uh, I was talking about how Kurt Fuller is the biggest heel of 1989 because he tried to lock up the Ghostbusters during the time of the apocalypse and also tried to destroy Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred. So Kurt Fuller's got some heat with me for his antics in 1989. I just can't let that go. It's not that like if it was just Hulk Hogan, fine. But it's the fact that he took on Hulk Hogan and the Ghostbusters I have a problem with. 
he he had the baby face turn at the end of Wayne's World. So I mean, you know, he kind of yeah. made that's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's He's true. That's so good, bad, and no holds barred. Though. Oh, he was so great at jockassing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, good. I bought that movie on Blu-ray because I love it so much, and everybody just sits there and they're just like, "Why did you buy it on Blu-ray?" I'm like, "Why not buy it on Blu-ray?" Yeah, it's Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's probably top five '80s films. No, I'm talking about No Holds Barred, but I do have Ghostbusters oh, on Blu-ray. Why did you buy it? <laughs> why did you buy? Why did I buy it? Suburban Commando. No, like No Holds Barred is fantastic. It's an underrated classic. You don't understand. <laughs> oh, it looks like a t- let's K seven Force Field. Let me give you a hand. Well, no, Suburban Commando is fantastic yeah. too. Suburban Commando is the best Hogan movie. Kiss my. I, 100% agree because it's got Christopher Lloyd, so that's why it's got it. I saw no that and Hogan punches minds. You can't beat that. I saw Suburban Commando in the theater when I was a kid and then snuck into Terminator 2 to catch the end of it. But that's yeah, that's a juxtaposition. It, yeah, <laughs> my friend's my friend's mom was pretty cool. She was she let us do that, but yeah, I saw that in the theater and it is a terrible movie in a great way. It is the only guy who ever understood how to make Hogan funny. <laughs> no wonder you guys don't talk. You're a dead man, Ramsey. Said the guy who's about to go 21 and oh. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He was dead only man, Ramsey. Well, he was only you, you'd think that the Undertaker would have gotten more parts as like he would have been like a good horror villain. You think they would have started a franchise with that? Yeah, but he loved know? wrestling and smoking out the freaking ICP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? I've heard that story from three different. I've heard that story from three different podcasts: one from Taker, one from Cornette, and one from Bruce Pritchett. And it's still great every time I hear it. That's great. Um. <laughs> so. The only, other than wrestling, WrestleCore, the only major promotion that has ever done Halloween-oriented major pay-per-views has been the National Wrestling Alliance and then World Championship Wrestling. Uh, It started in 1989, and then it went through the year 2000. We will not talk about 99 and 2000, though, on this podcast. We will be talking about, specifically... (laughs) A 10-year period between 1989 and 98. Even though if you have matches on here, the moments from 99 and 2000 that you like and you want to bring it up, that's fine. Um, but I just wanted to kind of speaking talk of about... Stero- speaking of steroids, do you want to hit on what's probably the worst one of the matches out here what? on this particular series of cards? Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan, the one where Hogan dumped lighter fluid all over, all over the Ultimate Warrior. We we I wasn't I was talking about the best of Halloween Havoc, not the worst. (laughs) I know we were going to go with the good stuff, but I thought we should give an honorable mention to trying to light a man on fire. Well, I mean, I the problem is with that is I think Hogan had all that pent up frustration for eight years that lighting him he wanted to light him on fire at WrestleMania six after losing to him. I think. So he was just he was just getting all that frustration out in '98. Like I've had this been thinking about this for eight and a half years, brother. You know, uh, and but yeah, we can discuss the fact yeah. that the Ultimate Warrior was hired by WCW to put over Hulk Hogan at 
Halloween Havoc 1998. Oh, they tried to get they tried to get him in 95, but they had to go with the Renegade instead. Oh, the Renegades. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. <laughs> now, if we want to talk about a good, one of my favorite moments in wrestling history, it's not even a match, and it happens on Halloween Havoc 98. And it's the Goldberg entrance with mm-hmm. the whole uh with the whole kind of weirdly shaped pumpkins. I mean, it's I mean most Goldberg entrances are great, but this one is like the king of them. So much so that WWE pretty much impersonated him every re-ran those entrances every single time they had him do a pay-per-view match. We can okay? t- uh, we can talk about actually Goldberg and we can talk about Goldberg and DDP because the match uh, was good too. That was it was probably Goldberg's best match. Tony, what do you think? Well, that's the one that like cut off the air and was on Nitro the next night, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, definitely Goldberg match, and uh, definitely like DDP looked like an all star. If uh, you know what you're looking at, like he made the Goldberg look wicked. That one now, there's a match with Saturn that Goldberg had that was really good too. That Saturn definitely pushed him and like made him bump and stuff, which was sweet. Well, actually, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I just watched the match with Raven, I thought too, where he won the US title was probably also one of his better ones. That's a good one. And then also WWE, but I love his match with Triple H. Tony, go ahead and repeat yourself. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead and repeat yourself because well, Dave was talking Regal over you. Beat, when Regal beat the shit out of Goldberg, that was sweet. That's one of my favorite <laughs> matches. So good. Well, I guess I guess because you're from Canada, you have to legitimately be like, fuck Goldberg because Bret Hart's going to come to your house and be like, you said positive things about Goldberg. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that too, but I'm also a giant Regal mark. It also just, it's funny when... Yeah. Guys who can shoot just toss around. Guys who are want to be tough. Guys who can't shoot and like, it's. I find that hilarious. Like, oh, you're a wrestler, but you can't actually wrestle. Which is Mac, it's your. I, I love that match too. The Regal and Goldberg match. I love that match. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. It's your time to shine. By the way, if you want to cheer, yeah. On no, I I'm a big Bret Hart fan, and I I just oh, yeah. Goldberg for that. That um, match gave us Regal and WWE, and I love that because mm-hmm. Regal and WWE was awesome for a couple years there. Regal's always awesome. He's never not been awesome. Even when yeah. he was like not in the best like space personally, he was still wicked in the ring. Yeah. He knew yeah. that he had issues. Like Regal in 2002 is legitimately one of the best years of his entire career. He won every title that company had except the world title multiple times in a period of about 400 days and that wouldn't happen if he didn't shoot on goldberg yeah that's true who knows yeah. but even like like 10 years earlier 92 and he's like tagging with bobby eaton like that's a stand of a sick oh, tag yeah. blue blood yeah. is like my favorite teams regal in 93 i 93 94 in wcw i thought was probably one of the best in-ring performers i had ever seen up until that point i was 10 or 11 years old and i was a mark for the guy like that I saw it because he was so good. That was a TV that was, title run. Yeah, yeah, you know that's yeah. I've always loved the TV title, and but like it never gets talked yeah. about enough. I'm, I'm sure I've said it on the show before. Like everyone praises the cruiserweights, but it's like no one ever puts over the sweet TV title matches like Booker no. T. Regal was having. Even Prince Iaka was like having good TV title matches when he had his short run. Booker T. was having a streak of them in '98. He really was TV title matches. We were talking Two about Martel pay per view for a little bit. They were just giving him like two papers, giving him two matches for a pay per view where they tried to kill that man. Yeah. They were great. Honey, what did you think of Goldberg and DDP? Um, I don't have much <laughs> opinion on that one, honestly. 
<laughs> he was one of like you made me watch a lot today. I did. So, so that you did it all one day. Yes. I mean, watch everything in one day. Yes. I did turn her into a Roddy Piper. Mark, Do though, it, so or I got you. Uh, yeah, I I did discover I like Rowdy, Rowdy Pot, whatever his name is. What's his name? Rowdy Roddy Piper? Sure, that guy, because he's a lunatic, and I love it. Yeah, that is a legit good reason to like Roddy Piper. Like just complete lunacy. Yeah, I was all about it. Uh, the cage match with Roddy Piper at Halloween Havoc, not so much. We're but... not going to talk about that. If we talk yeah, about we it, got like... enough negative <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Well, we can if you want. Halloween Havoc history. I already told you that. Let me say the Goldberg fight was one of the better ones you've made me watch today. I didn't make you watch anything. You no, volunteered. I, <laughs> I hope you didn't make her watch one of the. I hope you didn't make her watch all the bad matches. Like no, I made Jake her watch Roberts versus Sting. No. I made like her watch the worst match in Sting's career. Uh, I had her watch. We took. We watched. Um, we, we'll Tony and I will. will we're actually gonna. We'll talk about uh, Halloween Havoc '97 because I did make her watch Guerrero and Mysterio. Hell yeah! Oh, best matches for. Yeah, one of the best matches ever. And then, uh, of course, we could talk about the main event as well. But yeah, I, I, I have learned a new appreciation in recent years to Eddie Guerrero and how goddamn good he was. Uh, yeah. And this match proved it. I think this was probably the beginning of his, at least the national stage. As far as it, like this, kind of recognized both those guys of like, okay, these guys are definite players, and yeah. they both, you know, you look at twenty five years later, Ray's still going. Um, Eddie unfortunately passed at the young age of 38. He had a lot more left in the tank. Oh hell yeah! But um, you know that that 97 multiple time world champion. If he lived, without I mean, he already had it once, and allegedly he was going to win it again. But I think there would have been, I think he would have been in between three and six times world champion. Would be about my prediction. I just watched a something this week about his indie run that he had in. 2001 ish 2002 ish after he was released after some uh personal problems that he was having in wwf where he was in ring of honor he was also in iwa mid-south for a little bit he was pretty much all over the place but he was having some great fantastic matches with some real up-and-coming talents i know we're super great that match is awesome yeah that's a good match yeah that whole card is really good though that first roh pay-per-view in like the gymnasium yeah, that, yeah, I think that was that was such a cool backdrop for that event. Mm-hmm. Like early Ring of Honor stuff was really kind of had a, it really kind of had like that uh, what Russell Court kind of has like going on right now. This like intimate kind of experience. It um, looks like where, ECW, but it feels like in it feels like old school NWA mm-hmm. at times, and that's I think that was what was amazing about it. That's what get, that's what gives them, I think, that that uniqueness about it. Um, Mac, what are you? What were your opinions of Guerrero and Mysterio? One of the best matches, I, I think, as far as lightweight, light, as far as cruiserweights and lightweights, and also today's style, probably at least ahead of its time, maybe ten years, because uh, that became I, w- yeah. at least ten years. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I also went back and watched a bunch of these matches, and this was one that if I was doing my own top five or top ten, this is always going to be on that list. Um, I watched this match again today. It's just it's a great match. It's great storytelling because Eddie's trying to rip at the mask too. Yep. 
That was the oh, whole yeah. thing. It was title versus mask. It's just technically sound, great storytelling. This match had everything. And to go back and kind of watch that match like today, like I said, and, and knowing what I know now, that they're both future Hall of Famers, both have great careers ahead of them. It's just a great match. It's always going to stand out. Honey, what did you think? Well, <laughs> you know my opinion of when he walked in. I'm like, he just has a look like he's like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? I don't want to be here. But, yeah, I mean, it was a good fight. Why are you asking me these kind of questions, honey? You know I don't know. Yeah, I'm just asking for your opinion because you're just you're. You I, know, I like gonna make you pay for this later. He just sucks, <laughs> pretty much. This is. I, see, I, I think enjoy wrestlers more when they don't have a gimmick. When they just kind of the gimmick is there is them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I guess that's what I liked about Guerrero and, and the other one, because I don't even remember his name. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Okay. It was all the matches before this that, like, really got me at certain points, but I'm just going to shut up about that right now. <laughs> hey, Tony, what do you think of the match? Well, that's, that's one of my favorite matches ever. It's in my top 15 probably and like i do i agree like, and i think it's even more than 10 years ahead i've never seen that backflip ddt done since no it's true i haven't either and uh one thing i actually just recently learned about this match there's a uh, paramount plus has all those wrestling documentaries and i've been powering through those and it turns out eddie was supposed to win and change the finish the night of and wanted to put ray over so that's pretty cool, right? Like, and like, what a good like. Thanks for mask. Thank God. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, we still had to lose. We still lost to Kevin Nash. Yeah, Please. but it's ninety nine. Nobody watched. Yeah, nobody watched. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I did. Plus, Except Nash for... was booking, so you know, yeah, the greatest, right? one yeah. of the greatest things ever in all of wrestling history was after they took the mask from Rey Mysterio in like two thousand three. Everybody in the whole world was like, nah. Even even the Mexican promotion is like, nah, Rey Mysterio can be a mass wrestler. We can ignore we can ignore decades of tradition because it's Rey Mysterio. And I always yeah. thought that was awesome. Yeah. It's the only time yeah. I think it's ever been done. I think Hoovy's put the mask on a couple of times since he lost his, but not regularly. No, Ray went right back to it like we'd never seen his face before. I don't think Hoovy ever should have t- I don't think Hoovy ever should have wore a mask because that's one of the prettiest men in all of wrestling and I'm a straight man saying that. No, no, I'm with, I'm with you. He's a good looking fella. Like, it's the hair, you know. Plus, he tried nice. that, that that I loved it when Hoovy was trying to be like the rock at one point. Yes. Like, that, that was, was hilarious. Damn good wrestler. I wish we saw more of him. He had some great matches in WCW, and he had uh, some on a lawnmower in WWE, and that was about as far as they went with that. Well, he also he's had some um, issues over the years. Yeah, I'll just put it like that. Shamefully, um, there was a but... there was an incident in Europe. I guess I was reading in the death of WCW that uh, he was involved in that kind of <clears throat> didn't help his career any, at least in WCW at that time. Um, Is this the he's naked in the lobby of the hotel? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't done that a hundred times? Come on. Who hasn't that happened to? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, Rick Flair probably did it a hundred times and they put him in the Hall of Fame twice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Don't mention flair. Stuff will come on here and admonish you. (laughs) (laughs) I I had her watch two Ric Flair matches today. She was not happy. (laughs) You don't like Flair? She hates Flair. Hates Flair. I hate everything about him. I hate his face. I hate his hair. I just, I just don't like him. Why can you hate his hair? His hair is so wonderful. Everybody do a big move. Everything about him is just so obnoxious. So obnoxious that I want to punch him in the face. That's the point. Not a fan. Okay. And the whole I, woo stuff. I got to hear my fiance walk around the house just screaming woo all the time. <laughs> Her opinion can, can does you... not reflect the pro wrestling world. Please do not kill our page <laughs> over this. Listen, I made I made the listeners very aware. I am not a wrestling fan. I love someone who is a wrestling fan. So, but also she, she we'll we'll talk later. Of <laughs> she, uh, she enjoyed the um, the the Saturday night's main event uh, episode earlier, and also she's just very comical about her kind of at, at her uh, <laughs> her critiques of pro wrestling. It's quite hilarious. <laughs> I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is funny. Um, if you started her with that, insulting or anything, it's just certain things. I'm just like, wow, you started her with the Halloween Saturday Night Main Event 1985. Well, that was I didn't start her with that, but that was one of the she enjoyed. I had her watch the matches first, and then she's the one where they bought for fucking apples. She enjoyed that though because it had. Yes, it was Halloweeny. Yes, it was Halloweeny. It was wrestling. How do you it was get why that's Halloween, Halloween theme. Do that. I don't understand. That's just it. I was disappointed with some of the other ones because it was like, oh, it's our Halloween episode, but there was like nothing Halloweeny about it. Halloweeny. Well, yeah. Sorry, I'm also losing my voice because I have really. Tony Veroni, what do you think about bobbing for apples on Halloween? Well, okay, so here, like. I, I see both sides, right? Like, I, as like a wrestling purist, like, no, I don't want that on my show. But at the same time, you have to be able to program for like pretty much Casuals. your date. Not a wrestling fan coming to the show, like, so if she liked it. Okay, it's that's who it's for, right? And like, it's the show's not all bobbing for apples. You give a little something to that fan base because there's always someone that's dragging someone to a wrestling show that's never other wants, never been, or wants to go. So I do get like putting those little things in. Just don't overdo it. Where it's like more bobbing for apples than pro wrestling. That's all. Well, no, I thought that I was just expecting more. And this is where the comment I said before about you dressing up like a wrestler. Because I was I was just saying, like, they should just get more into it for the Halloween specials. Like, maybe somewhere, like, or make them dress up as the person they're fighting. Like, each wrestler has to dress up as each other. Just to make it more fun. Because it's Halloween. No, I, I get you. Love... If it's going to be a Halloween show, make it a Halloween show. Don't just make it like, a show of Halloween. I, I, I would I, love a, I would love like a wrestling show where all the wrestlers props, like Halloween up. props they can use in it. You know what I mean? I would love a wrestling show where all the wrestlers dro- dressed up as their favorite legends. You could have this wrestler come out dressed up as The Undertaker. That one dressed up as Hulk Hogan. Mickey James comes out dressed like Trish Stratus just for the reaction. <laughs> So a few Halloweens ago, I'm like, oh God, this is probably like nine Halloweens ago now, which is shows how long I've been wrestling. I had to, so me and my tag partner, Billy Swade, were feuding with the Good Brothers, and it was a Halloween show, not for WrestleCore, but for another promotion that is no longer around. 
And uh, they came out, so they were the good brothers, but on the Halloween show, they came out as the good brothers of destruction. And uh, Pesky dressed up as Undertaker, rode a BMX to the ring, and Ferg did a really bad cane. It was one of, honestly another one of my favorite matches. I like the Halloween ridiculousness stuff. Well, I feel like Halloween is the the one time you can probably you can you're able to do that where it's just like, oh, if you want to be somebody else's gimmick, you can. If you want yeah. to be this person, you can. You know, um, that's why I like the idea that they need to dress up as who as the wrestler they are fighting. No, I like that idea. I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm not against it at all. I think it would be fun. I don't think Tony think that would be fun. He just kind of agreed with you. Yeah, of <laughs> I yeah, yeah. He agreed with me as a fan. Like brothers of destruction. He just agreed with you, honey. <laughs> favorite. It's a favorite Halloween uh, havoc match of mine. I really want to mention. The Thunder Cage from 1989, the one oh. where Great Muda blew the fire out on the cage. I love that. You we can watched tell, that today. You can tell right from the outset that everything that they had planned for the match fell apart in a hurry. But because of the plethora of talent in that ring, they just put together a banger out of what looked like they just out of what looked like had like nothing, like no plan. So they didn't see their pants banger. Can, is that the one that Abdullah the Butcher got put in the electric chair, or is that... No, no this that is... Was 90, that was 91. That oh, was the okay. Chamber of Horrors match. That was... Right. That was okay. a shame. That was... <laughs> yeah, he's like first wrestler... He's, it's the first time a wrestler in the history of Halloween Havoc will know self. <laughs> The, the first time uh, the, the giant will get you in 95, you too will yeah. sell down. Oh, yes, well, famous wet. 95 thrown off in a disc scraper, I believe. Just wrote about the Yeti today, but the Yeti. But I love that, I love that whole cage match they had on uh, on Halloween Havoc because on Halloween Havoc 89, because I just love the fact that you can just you can see the talent of the men involved where they kind of just have to completely change their game plan mid-match and make it rock and it was still awesome plus like i said muda putting the fire out with his breath is that was cool it's one of the best moments in wcw little neat individual tiny moments it's one of the best ones that wcw ran in my view just and it was completely by chance it just happened uh tony what do you think of the match you know what i don't think i've actually seen this one mm. go back it's, and take a look it's, like, it's I... really good it's you can really watch good. it on the cock. Eighty nine. We don't have the cock. Been, been oh yeah, you guys have the you guys have the network still. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Get yourself a, get, get yourself a VPN. Get us a sponsor. No. Get, us, get yourself yeah. a VPN. NordVPN sponsor. NordVPN sponsor us. We'll promote their thing. Perfect. Because I'm an old man, I I need help with that kind of with VPNs and stuff like that. But yeah, I would like. I need to check that match out. Actually, I, that before. I think and that I match actually YouTube. might be on YouTube. It might be, um, you know, it, Mac. Have you seen that match? Yeah, I was watching that one. If I find it, I'll send it okay. to you on your Facebook so you can watch it. It was, it was one of those matches that, like, on paper, you're like, eh, but when you actually watch it, just wow! It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. it, like um, Sting jumping, Sting getting tied into the cage, and then jumping from the ring post to landing on Terry Funk. Uh, the they're using the rope swinging around like from one side of the cage to the other. Um, I thought they, they, there was definitely a lot in this match. I thought that they kind of improvised with 
like David said, I think that maybe some things had kind of fallen apart from the beginning and what they were thinking about doing. And then finally just went along with fuck it and then just called it in the ring. But I thought it was, um, Tony, it, it's definitely one I, 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 as a fellow WCW fan uh, and NWA fan, it is definitely one I think you need to check out and you'll enjoy it. I don't know how I've missed this one. I'm pr- I know my stuff. Those but do I- yeah, I rat bastards they, WWE they cut down the cut the full match off their YouTube channel. Of course they did. Was this the one that I was like, yeah, well. oh, were they going to get electrocuted? Yes. Okay. I was hoping someone got electrocuted. But- <laughs> yeah, I remember Terry Funk killed the gimmick immediately. He touched it, and nothing happened. Nothing like, well, happened. There was the electrified fence. There was a type of like an audible buzz throughout the match, though. Like it was almost like they were trying to say it sound, make it sound like production wise that it was electrified. Uh, obviously, it had it been wasn't. electrified or there wouldn't have been a fire. So, what the hell happened? I guess they just they they did have pyro attached to it. They had pyro. Attached. Oh, right. Me, dumbass. Got it. And I thought that's what I think they, they had pyro, but then they had stuff hanging from the cage. So, of course, something's going to get caught on fire. And that's, I was actually that's yelling at the, at the screen because I'm like, he's touching the top of it. Why is he not getting electrocuted? <laughs> yeah, they killed the gimmick. What that's is going on? on. <laughs> oh, it was it which one was it? Was it Sting that did the Tarzan swing? Yes. In that match? Yeah. Well, Flair, well, Flair did it too at some point. Flair was on the rope going back and forth trying to beat up Funk. I just so. want to see I just if I just wish Flair had done the woo while he's doing the Tarzan swing, because that would have been <laughs> it. That would have been great. I would have enjoyed that so much. Because <laughs> it really was. I mean, looking at it, it's just like, hey, it's just Ric Flair being Tarzan. He probably does this every night in the fucking hotels, for all we know. <laughs> yeah. He's got the hammer out. He's got the... Let's not... We're not bringing up the fucking hammer tonight, okay? Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Really? Uh... <laughs> I killed our host again. God damn it. <laughs> it, it I, I need to talk about something random that happened. I, I, I didn't watch 92 today, but Ron, now, so the main event for 92 was the spin the wheel, make the deal match, oh. which ended up being the coal miners glove <laughs> match between uh, Jake Roberts and Sting. Um, However, how pissed off is Ron Simmons the fact that his Title defense at Halloween Havoc 92 was against the Barbarian. Somebody that never has really challenged for a world championship before in any company that he's been with. Maybe a tag title here and there. That was the Bill Watts period where he didn't pay the damn light bill. You can hardly watch these damn matches half the time. Fucking true. (laughs) So true. I will turn off all the lights. (laughs) But no. Oh, that's what we did. In, uh, that's what we did in Mid South back in '87. That's Shut because up, you Bill. didn't have the money, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because they oh, had the God. they had the they had to use the lights, so that way they to the make everything look Bill dark. The only thing Bill Watts did right, besides make Simmons champion, was just give Rick Rude thirty minutes to wrestle a match against somebody. And it was usually really good. Yeah, he Bill knew what he was. There was the thing with Bill Watts is in that era is that there were some things that were really, really good, and then there were some things that were just, like, downright terrible. Oh, oh my God. The Dr. Death tag team. The Dr. Death. I forget who the hell his buddy was. Terry Gordy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't hate tag wrestling, 
But those are some of the words. He broke up the, he got rid of the Steiners. He kind of pushed out the Freebirds so you can have Dr. Death and Terry Gordy have 1979 version of 1979 boring tag matches where the heel dominates 80% of the time when everybody wants to see a Steiner match where everybody's throwing people around and getting hit by Steiner lines. Oh, I, to this day, mm. the most the most offensive the most offensive thing that Bill Watts did though was Booker of WCW Eric Watts. Plain and simple, Eric Watts. No, he actually learned how to wrestle when he played <laughs> at the TNA. When he got to TNA, he knew how to wrestle, but like, oh my God, was he terrible? He did better than David. Oh. Yeah, but that's not saying much. <laughs> hey Tony, do you have an opinion on the uh, Bill Watts era of WCW at all? I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. I think he had some good ideas that like were pretty cool. Like Ron Simmons, the champ, was awesome. And to be fair, Ron did pretty well with the Barbarian for a world title match, making it what it was. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, like, dude, it's like mid early '90s. Like, why are we getting disqualified for coming off the top rope? Why is over the top rope a disqual? Like, this, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's it was an like equal good and bad, but I don't think I love Watts. like the Rick Rude stuff back there, like and like. That was Dangerous Alliance era, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was yeah. just getting started. That's one of my favorite stables of all time. Like, how sick is that stable? Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, Rick Rude, Steve Austin. Like, if you see really, that, that's a it really took off when Dusty Rhodes took the book in '93 up until that War Games, which is my favorite War Games ever. But that's not Halloween, so we'll just pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, no, it's still. It, we could talk about War Games here as well. I mean, the fact, pretty much, it's an open forum at the, at the same time. <laughs> And war games well, with all the blood and that type of stuff can count as Halloween events, as far as I'm concerned. Because any three war is. games is my favorite war games match of all time, including the modern ones and the blood and guts ones that AEW has. I love it better than even those. Ninety-one and ninety-two are my favorites. Ninety-one, of course, had the that was the Brian Pillman getting dropped in his head with a power bomb by Sid. Poor man, I thought they about killed him. Mm. Mm. Jesus. Those are some hard. Those were some hard fought. I've seen like, Sid talk about that. Watch. He said he hit the cage and he just didn't realize it. Yeah, the first one was like on his shoulder, and then the second one literally, legitimately knocked him out. Yeah, that one's rough. The power bomb where you yeah. hit the cage, the top is 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 a rough. I always a, thought it was not to get into the Meltzer debates, but I always thought it was strange that the one War Games match where somebody almost dies is the one that gets the highest star rating. It makes you wonder <laughs> how bloodthirsty Meltzer is. Yeah. Uh, is um, Jay, I, I I gotta ask this, Tony, because you know, the Meltzer star ratings, like as far as like worker, as far as like wrestlers are concerned, um, what is your opinion of it? Like the fact that someone is out there that never has been a performer in the ring, that's never really even booked in a major company before, or really had a writing job at all. Uh, is the one going out there and critiquing and telling everybody and rating, setting the bar for how wrestling matches should be rated? Is that something that kind of annoys you? Because that that I'm not a I don't work in the business. I I was in it for a cup have, of coffee though. as like a manager. Yeah, but it wasn't it it wasn't anything like I've never yeah. I don't I never took bumps or anything like that. I never really applied my craft in that sense. You know, I got in for a couple of shots. I was happy for it. But Tony's been doing this his, like most of his life. And to have some guy from San Jose pretty much writing and sitting there and having the ability the with all the writers, 
pretty much. Well, I'm looking at my toy room right now and I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm not too far off of Meltzer. Steph has to live with it. Max seen it, so he understands what well, I'm talking. I'm about. sure you can see the background in my Zoom. I'm, I'm not really too far behind you. So <laughs> those figures are awesome. But yeah, well, this what is only you... a fraction. This is that's only a little bit. But if you um, want to say it? What do you think of the Melcher stuff, though? If you want to say it, I uh, know I'll say it. I'm cool. I'm cool saying it. Um, I I think that it's very hard to critique technique when you've never studied it yourself. Um. You know, like, I have no problem with fans, which is what he is, let's let's be honest, um, saying, I like that match, I didn't like the match, that's fine. But if you've never studied on how to put on properly, how to properly suplex someone, how can you really critique it? Like, I'm a big MMA guy, but I'm never going to be like, he should be doing the Kimura like this, even though I have done some jujitsu. It's like, no, like, he's the fucking it's professional. Like, it's like the... So I mean, like again, like I it's get like the people who who get mad because Charlotte rotates differently. Ugh. What's that? I said it's like the people who get mad because when Charlotte does a moonsault, it looks a little different than everybody else's. So yeah, she's doing the moonsault wrong. That's what Melcher's like to me, and I hate that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like again. Like I like him pumping out awareness of, for good matches at the same time, but like. I don't know, I find, I, I, I can find it a little obnoxious sometimes, but also just like, you know, I've been watching cops for 20 years. I don't, I'm not going to tell a cop how he's doing his job wrong, right? That's cra- that, that would be crazy, right? Right. Like, Ace him like this. Yeah, exactly, right? You should be applying the handcuffs like this. I saw it on cops on TV. Like, if you say that in any other industry, people would be like, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? But for some reason, because pro wrestling is a work that that kind of stuff, for some reason, gets excused a little bit. Um, so I'm fine with a little, but if he's like, his technical, like, okay, like, if it's obviously really messed up, then okay, fine. But like, him nitpicking when he's never actually studied is like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about, though. You know what I mean? He doesn't. Uh, my biggest, I... my biggest ahead, issue is, oh, sorry, my biggest issue is, is that it's not so much him saying this match is great and that match is not. It's the way he tries to put on the notion that his idea of a great match is a great match. And I think that's the biggest piece of crap ever. Because if we're in a work industry, then the idea of what is a great match should vary from both fan to fan and worker to worker. And for that matter, promoter to promoter. Am I? Yeah. It's like the movies, right? Like it's objective. This is art. It's not, it's not a fight. It's not two people competing for someone to win. This is like, me saying the Shawshank Redemption movie is the best movie of all time. And if anyone disagrees with me, then they're wrong. And like, that's insane to say because people will like different movies for different things. And I think wrestling is the exact same, right? So I'm with you. Like, no, just because you think it's, I, there's matches that I think are great that are like, really, you think that's a great match? It's like, yeah, it was, they had, it had a beginning, middle, end. It all made sense. It was short and sweet. Like, you know, everyone's looking for different things in pro wrestling, mm-hmm. which is why pro wrestling is so fucking cool because it's got all these different things for different people. But yeah, saying there's one way of doing things is, is I crazy. Like a, I like this match. Sting versus Scott Hall from, I think, Uncensored 98. And people called me stupid for that. It was an no, eight-minute match that. of Sting beating the crap out of Scott Hall. And I thought it was exactly what we needed. I loved it. I don't yeah. think you're stupid for that opinion. I think you're stupid for other reasons, but not for that. Oh, opinion. okay. Thank you. Uh, well, remember I remember when we get paid next month. No, I'm it's my ass. <laughs> we won't be able to buy a subway this time. 
Mac and I have had many discussions about Meltzer. Um, we've we've talked about it with, uh, especially recently, because it's like Meltzer was a non-factor twenty years ago. Why did we never talk about it? Because I don't know. You oh, want yeah. to? Do you <laughs> want to talk about Mac about it? Because, honey, we've been talking well, about wrestling for twenty-two question, years, man. so it's like, what? <laughs> Uh, have you? Do you even know who Dave Meltzer is? No, because you never talk to me about it. Man, that might be why, though. <laughs> man, you should talk to her more, man. I talk I to her all the time. I, I have I have opened myself up to some major criticism on this program with this. <laughs> you know what the thing is with Meltzer, though, is is that he never has a standard. Yes, well, she's gonna let Mac no, because you talk to him when you talk to me, honey. <laughs> Well, I guess damn. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight, I guess it's official. If you're sleeping. <laughs> who knows? I could be slid who knows at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 she uh, doesn't I, I know where that comment was going. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, well, the thing about it is, honey, I'm not going to bring up the Wrestling Observer. Like, do you, you think you're going to sit there and be like, oh, Meltzer gave this six stars, you know? Like, I'm bitching, but when he actually does talk to me, I look at him and I'm like, I'm not one of your friends. <laughs> I don't know Man, what the truth comes about. out. And I'm like, go talk to your friends about this. I don't know what you're talking about. And hey, Tony, do you have a favorite Halloween Havoc match we haven't brought up yet? Um, there's uh, so I mean everyone's gonna say Eddie and Ray like that's that is probably the best Halloween Havoc match of all time, but the first three matches of Halloween Havoc '97 are sick. The first one mm -hmm. is Eugene Ogata oh, versus yeah. Ultimo Dragon, right? Yep. Ultimo made his baby face turn, and Sonny Ono was bringing in different Japanese wrestlers, and like, are you seeing a young Eugene Ogata? Like, sweet. Then the second match was that crazy match between Jericho and Ghetto. The only time I think we see Ghetto in WCW where Jericho, like, for the first time, shows us how fucking tough he is by doming himself on that Super Rana and just keeping on going. And then the third match is Eddie, Eddie and Ray, and that one's pretty sweet. Um, or the best ever. Yeah. I, um, it's probably a guilty pleasure, but that uh, Cactus Jack Van Vader Texas death match with the absurd. Oh, that's, that's not a guilty pleasure. That match is a fucking masterpiece, <laughs> right? The it's Texas death brutal. match are, are absurd. You can pin him anywhere, but then he has 10 seconds to get up. Like, yeah, so they haven't quite got the rules. No, 13 second count. Like, what, Steph? Steph, I, I had Steph watch that today. We were, and she was. I that was my favorite one. Yeah, uh, Foley Suicide Squad, where he tries to kill himself with Vader's body. Yeah, it's just, like there's blood. It's like the most realistic. I love it. There's blood. I'm pretty sure it was the most realistic realistic match he made you watch. So I'm, that's why. Exactly. It's that's why I like that. Yeah, people <laughs> actually get hurt. I mean, yeah, it's realistic. Yeah, she was impressed by Vader. Like she was impressed by the, the the fact of that. Like, all right, WCW Vader is probably top five or even top three monster heels without oh, question. Yeah. It's not well, even I mean, a debate. It was four hundred and fifty pounds. I was like, what? I mean, it's yeah. pretty much Kane, yeah, but he didn't look like he was four hundred and fifty pounds. So that means he's got a lot of muscle. Oh yeah, it's yeah. pretty much Kane and Brock Lesnar as far as any comparison can be made. 
far as monster heels go. Yeah. Could you imagine him and Brock in a match? Vader See, versus ninety three yeah. Vader versus like twenty fourteen Brock. Especially if they're stiff. Oh, oh God, and there, there'd be eyes popping out. Yeah. What are you gonna say, Tony? Oh, I just think that would be a sick match. I would love to see uh, like Prime Vader and Prime Brock. Just it's they're gonna beat the bejesus out of each other, right? Like that's good. That's good stuff. I like good snug wrestling as long as it's safe. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how safe it is if you got ninety three Brock, uh, ninety three Vader, but yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, I don't know. Matt... I'd still, I'd still pick, I'd still pick Vader over being a jobber facing Yokozuna in ninety three. I mean. When it was a jobber, he let those feet slip out, and two of those guys got put in the hospital. Yeah, ninety three. Jeez, he was he was on a uh, on a war path in ninety three, as far as injuries are concerned. Yeah, he, that's uh, I, I'll, I'll take the beat the shit out of by Vader. Yeah, yeah. That. I don't want to take that bonsai drop. No. <laughs> oh, although when you see them legs come out, I was like that guy's going to the hospital. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, that that spot where he landed on the ramp with. Cactus Jack on his back, and he just swept his feet out. Yeah, Oof. you just he, you hear that crunch, and you're just like, I think he's dead. Yeah, like, later, Foley <laughs> wanted to be, so that's what it said in his book. Did uh, did Mac? Did you watch that match? Uh, recently? Of oh, okay, yeah, that was one of the ones I definitely had to go to. But you probably feel the exact same way, and said something. Jesus, and it's yeah. also the dumbness of WCW, the fact that that wasn't even for the title. I, I think that was politics. Was I think they always seem to deny uh, Foley a title. Go ahead, well, Matt. No, I was going to say like that's just the nature of WCW booking, like throughout, especially at the end, obviously, as we know. But it that's just the way it was. I remember that there were other Halloween Havocs that had similar matches where they didn't have the title on the line for God knows what reason. Uh, this it, one I kind of get it, given the stipulation. Always doing match, it to Foley, though. I think it was. I think they had an issue oh, yeah, with him. Absolutely. It was the beach. Well, I remember Beach Blast '92. He had the match with Sting, and that wasn't for the title. And Sting was the champion. It's a hell of a match, too. It was a great match. Every match that Cactus Jack had in WCW, where it was a big time, like he had probably brought the best. Sting really didn't have. I uh, felt that like that match a- he had against Bill Maskers was not so good. <laughs> Well, it's because Mill Masters didn't want to do a job, and that's besides the point. I mean, <laughs> I think it was Foley didn't have that look of a champion for that time period. I think is the biggest. Well, that Masters is kind of not exactly well thought yeah. of. Um. Well, the thing the thing with Foley is, and Mac touched on this, and it's it's brilliant because it's true. It it carried over in a WWE because. Vince didn't have that same. He didn't thought he had a great look as a champion either. And then you go back to what happened in 98, 99, when the groundswell of the fans just wanted kind of led him to becoming a world champion. Like, hey, Tony, that, I got a question for you in regards to Foley. Would you say that the fans really were like, this is the attitude era fans are talking about, that they really got into Foley in 98, 99 because they were like, holy crap, he's going to die. Wow, you think that's what it was? I don't know if it was. I think he's Foley's always had like that weird connection with the fans too. I think a lot of it is like his crazy style of like killing himself. Um, yeah, I'm not probably, die I, sometimes. Yeah, the, the I think it's more not we're gonna see him die. It's like wow, what like what else can he survive? Like this is crazy. Um, I've I've always thought Cactus Jack was his best character. I kind of wish Cactus Jack had a better I agree. push everywhere. Um, yeah, 
I didn't love the mankind character, but I loved the performer, so I, I enjoy his work. No, um, I didn't like his dude love that much. But even then, when he was dancing with the girls and Vince, that one episode was of Raw, oh, that was, was classic. But I was just craving Cactus Jack because I was a WCW guy. I'm like, just fucking beat Cactus Jack. Exactly. Hey, like, you remember that? You remember that uh, episode, that match with Triple H, where Dude Love says, "You're not going to wrestle me." Mankai says, "You're not going to wrestle me." And then the music plays, and out comes Cactus Jack, and Triple H is selling it like he, like it's the devil himself, and he's oh, going to get Triple H. I almost did a backflip. I remember watching that live. I was, I was so pumped. Like finally, you live. What's that? You, you saw that live? No, I, I watched. We it were TV. watching it live. Yeah, oh. I wasn't there in the arena, but no, I was watching on TV and like. Oh, he's gonna do Cactus Jack. Yeah, no, he's gonna do it. And yeah, I was so stoked. That was the famous Raw episode that, in my opinion, you can pinpoint. That was the night that the tide turned in the Monday Night Wars because, <laughs> if you remember, that match happened between uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H, the Falls Count Anywhere match where Cactus Jack made his WWF debut, and then I was also the night that mr mcmahon took his first stone cold stunner if you recall really historic night and uh also backstage same night that was the night where vince mcmahon told uh bret hart that he could not fulfill his contract which of course led to the events that would happen in november of that year in the montreal allegedly allegedly i'm very much i'm very much uh, the Montreal Screw Job was an inside job guy, very much so. Ooh, you know, that could be yeah. another episode that we could talk it's about. Fun. We could just do- divulge right into that. Well, we can. <laughs> um, All right. I want to do it in the wintertime. I want to do a breakdown of pay per view. We could just do Survivor Series 97 and have a blast. I, I yeah. Steph and I talked about the Montreal Screw Job in the fir- recently in the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Uh, Steph believe Steph is also Team Brett, by the way. Uh, she does not like Shawn Michaels at all because of that. This whole situation stirred up so many emotions in my <laughs> I never thought I was going to feel about something with wrestling, but that was just Fox. Like, the whole thing was just so bad. Yeah. Um, you also believe, too, that it wasn't like a planned thing, that it was kind of like that you really think that honestly happened? Um. Well, I think some people planned it, but they just didn't share it with everybody. <laughs> we didn't share it with the people that needed to know. Yes. <laughs> I, th- um, I think Brett was in on the whole thing. I really do. It's you're the not the only work. one. You're not I the only one. You know, the like work of all time. Who who came out on top of that? Brett, $20 million. The character of Mr. McMahon is created. Bret Hart flounders, unfortunately gets concussed in WCW, and then what happens? WCW folds all inside what? Three Five years? years? Yeah, Five it, it, years, right? it's like, like a four-year period, yeah. It's not yeah. just that, but they had all that setup where he kept arguing with Vince. I think he pie faces him one time, yeah. and then there's the other time and he shoves him down in the ring. Uh, nobody, it's like nobody one of my favorite promos ever. Punch. Nobody saw the alleged punch. They just happened to be filming a documentary that just peaks right when this happens. Yeah. Um, that sad black eye that Bre- or Vince was sporting the next night on Raw that looks a little suspicious like makeup. Like, I remember. Disappointed it's... isn't the goddamn word for it. I'm pissed off. Yeah, like, that, come on. That promo, every, a bad, every bad day, I like to think of that promo because I can feel it. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so no, I'm very much, I think it's the greatest work ever, ever created. Uh, I think... 
Maybe even Vince Russo jumping ship was was part of it. Who knows? Have oh, that was that was without a question. I I still feel yeah. like they, they okay. I feel I feel like Russo got paid a lot of money by Vince to go down there and just completely blow that company up. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. I, I I choose to believe all this craziness because it, it. I don't think Russo's that smart, so we'll we'll call. That's, we'll that's for that very good that point. Day. Well, maybe maybe not though. Maybe he's like, this yeah, just a- go down and try and do well. I know Vince Russo walked out of TNA. Vince Russo walked out of TNA because he lost a worked poll against Dusty Rhodes because Dusty Rhodes got too many votes. That's a dumbass. Mac, what do you, to... Mac, what do you think? Do you think Montreal is a work? Uh, it's tough to say. I, <laughs> I, I think it is to a point, but I also think certain parties were not involved. So, you know, maybe Brett found out later, maybe he just fed the wrong information. It's kind of tough to say, but I don't think it's a full work. I think it's a partial work, I guess, and partial shooting of, of Brett here. But it's it's really tough to say. I mean, I have to I have to be heading out because my wife was wanting to watch a show with me at eight o'clock. You guys can can, can continue. That's fine, but I have to go. Unfortunately, I have stayed my full amount of time that I am able to do. I understand. Well, thank you for joining us, David. Appreciate it. And Tony, it's always. always it was a pleasure to finally speak to you in person. Thank Absolutely. <laughs> David, thank you for again for joining us tonight. Um did Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, I felt, had their best match ever at Halloween Havoc 94 in the cage, the somewhat called retirement match. It's yeah. turned out to be complete shit. Uh but we all kind of knew that going in, right? Even even the most uh, hardened or I think novice wrestling fan could have seen that neither one of those guys was going to be able to stick to that retirement stipulation. Like it was no. literally impossible. Yeah. Not You're talking happen. about the biggest two stars in that company's history uh, in that company at that point, And one of them bowing out, it just literally was going to be impossible. Um, did you watch them? Do you remember watching the match at all? Cause like I, we watched it today and I remember it being, I it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be, to be quite honest. It was definitely, I mean, Hogan and Flair didn't have that many matches. I think he had the one where he came in his first match and beat Flair for the title, right? Yep. Like that was a beach blast or a uh that was Bash of the Beach 94, correct. That's what it was. But they before the yeah, that's after they switched the name. But no, I I think the cage match was their better match. Um it's really wild how like they didn't click that great. You know what I mean? Like Flair and Macho Man clicked great hogan macho clicked flair and hogan maybe it was just too many egos i don't know like it's that's too hard to say but like it should have been two icons going crazy and it's just like yeah they were good matches i i feel like that this is that that was part of the reason why the match at wrestlemania 8 didn't take place it was the match that should have yeah. Um, at WrestleMania eight, but it didn't. They went with Hogan and Savage. They went with Flair and Savage, which was definitely, I feel like, a better call. Um, especially yeah. what they were able to do with the the Elizabeth storyline. But um, as far as Hogan and Flair matches, I feel like this is the best one that they did. Yeah. Um, I it, there was a lot of chicanery, a lot of stuff that they were a lot of um interference and that type of stuff but i also feel like that it was it made sense considering what was going on at the time um you can have a lot of chicanery too i feel like when it's a win or at all cost type matchup which this is because you're facing retirement or not or not winning the championship uh so i feel like that having 
people come out using weapons, having your manager climb, uh, climb the cage and also jump in. I, I feel like that those are all things that definitely could have worked. Like it, it's, it made sense. Um, and, and watching that today, I was reminded of how good that match was uh, because there was always going on your point. There was always like a predeposition uh, that, flair and hogan really didn't have the best of matches but i feel like that this one was probably the best that they had for sure i think i think like the cage is a good and like chicanery is good added for yeah i don't want to say they don't didn't click because like it's i don't think i don't want to speak for other wrestlers like hey try try to really avoid that kind of stuff but like yeah it's just really weird how they just didn't it just like you'd think it'd be the best matches ever and just you just they were good and that's and that's all. But the cage match really, yeah, they really lended itself to their uh, to their feud and just like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And also the uh, the the post match where we get the big reveal that Brother Brudai turned against Hogan and the, the Butcher. The butcher. I forgot that that was that pay per view and like, yeah, and then they headlined Starcade and no oh one- god. Oh, <laughs> god. I have a question. Yeah. Yes. What is chicanery? Uh, chicanery meaning, uh, like a lot of gimmicks, uh, or type of, you know, like flexibility with the rules and that type of stuff. Referee knockdowns. Oh, like the one where like the manager like tease the what the the wrestler. Yes, uh, the 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 cactus jack invader match that yeah. we're talking about. I'm like tase him, tase him. Get tased. <laughs> uh, Mac, did you watch Hogan and Flair in the cage? Oh, of course. What do you think? I listen. I love this match. Mm. Um, there's there's a lot going on. Um, obviously, I don't like the outcome. I like Ric Flair better. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be full of transparent right there. Um, no, I I love this match. It just from start to finish, it's just really fun to watch. Um, I, I don't think you guys mentioned it. Mister T was the special guest referee. That's true. Yes. Um, it obviously. Bobby the Brain Heenan is losing his mind thinking that that's going to count against Ric Flair and how he's going to give a fast count. And then the first count you see Mr. T do, it's like the slowest thing you've ever seen. (laughs) And they kind of have to remind the fans, okay, he's he's not really a, a wrestling referee, so he might count differently than everybody else. It's just it, it cracks me up. One line, up. one line that uh, I hate to cut you off, but it's just oh, what something I just thought of. Uh, one line that Bobby Heenan said because Tony Schiavone had brought it up. He's just like, you know, when Flair comes out, everybody holds out the four fingers out of respect for the four horsemen. And Bobby Heenan says, yeah, when Hogan came out, I just held up one. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great line, too. Oh man, it but you're right. Like this match had like a WrestleMania or a Starcade or another big event kind of match to it. Um, I'd obviously skip to the end to watch this match. I didn't realize it was a steel cage until they started talking about it. Right. Um, and then this like if you guys remember the cages back then, very dinky kind of thing. It was coming right. down lopsided, it just looks crazy funny to watch. Um, but yeah, creative control, brother. Hogan wins. <laughs> Hogan wins, retains, and you know, I I honestly thought, you know, looking at it back then and, and even a little bit now, like, okay, whoever loses is gonna end up back at WWF, WWE. Yeah, that's um, what I thought too, actually. Yeah, but 
it's just and then the reveal at the end. But I, I just love Bobby Heen in this match. Just the entire match, he's just shitting all over Hogan. <laughs> all over my him. <laughs> it just cracks me up. And then um the way he's cry so obviously like you guys mentioned it where Brother Brudai comes out. He leads a group of guys attacking Hogan. Sting comes out, making a scene. And at the end of all of that, Bobby Heenan is crying because Ric Flair now has to retire. <laughs> just the whole thing is just really fun to watch. Even those like little details that are worked in, like the Bobby Heenan hate, like Brew the Brudai at the end. Just some of it's crazy and some of it is just real fun but yeah th- this is like a, a can't miss match it's two of the best wrestlers in the industry both you know all time and obviously at this time period too so yeah absolutely yeah. this they were both still in their prime um 94 i feel like flair was still one of the most elite probably talents on the planet he could have a great match with everybody hogan this is probably, I think, 94, 95. We're starting to see the kind of tail end of his great in-ring work where he has to kind of turn heel a couple of years later to kind of compensate for the fact that his, you know, he's not able to kind of carry the load as far as being able to be a top-of-the-line baby face, the comebacks the power spots i feel like that 94 is kind of like the last great year of hogan in ring Wait, he would have did, some what did he change what did he change in his matches he, just... he, just, he didn't have to what he retired much. that 450 like what do you what is he <laughs> <laughs> last i checked it was a couple punches a suplex and leg big boon electron for, for 25 years well, I, I ha- you have to give him his. If you've seen his Japan work, I mean, I, I hate to sound like it's amazing. I hate to I hate to sound like fucking Meltzer and be like, oh well, if you saw him in Japan, like, you know. Uh, but I that's the biggest knock with Hogan has always been whenever everybody's just like, oh, he's just the three punch, the, the big boot, and the leg drop, and it's just <laughs> like, I mean, that's fair, but at the same time, if you like, he's more than that. I mean, like, he be. Watch That's- watch Hogan versus Stan Hansen in Japan. That match is awesome. It is. It's amazing. They beat Go the ahead. shit out of each other. They really- <laughs> and that was Hogan in 92, which was like, yeah. it, that was still him, like, is the top babyface in the WWE. Uh, but was- like, what's cool, like, Stan Hansen doesn't give a fuck about your creative control. No, he doesn't. Control, right? he, like- he does not care about your creative control at not all. He does care. not give a shit right now. Um, which I guess that was Stan, Stan Hansen was the stand-in because that was supposed to be Terry Gordy. Yes. And Gordy did not want to lose to Hogan. So <laughs> he was just like, I'm not doing this. So they brought Hansen in. Um, honey, what were you going to say? I saw that you were trying to chime in. I don't think it's the right moment now. <laughs> what? Go right ahead. It's fine. Because that was the match that made the question pop up in my head. Mm-hmm that there's a lot of wrestling moves that has a lot of crotch contact. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I kind of, and I'm, I'm not, I, this is a legit question, Tony. Shoot. Is it I mean, awkward? Um, because no, there's, cause there's also a lot of faces and crotches too with the move. There no is. Uh, it's awkward. Like, it's awkward when you first start training and then you just got to get over it. 
Um, if you've if you've watched any actual grappling, like amateur wrestling stuff, there's also a lot of there's a lot of crotches and a lot of uh, a lot of that happening as well. You you just eventually get over it. Um, but definitely like training guys, the first couple of times you see someone accidentally grab some dong, it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. guys, right? Spandex, get over it. Like you're like, gonna be t- literally just slamming their crotches into like other people's faces, and oh, I'm yeah. like. Sure. Does that get uncomfortable? Like, are you guys awkward after that? Like, no, you have to be very comfortable with all of it to be able to do it. Like, I haven't met a wrestler who's been like after, like, who's been wrestling for like ten years. Like, ew, every time it's icky, like you just you get over it. It is. It's just everyone, part of the job, and you just become like everyone's got bits. to it. Oh yeah, everyone's got bits. It's not unique, you know. As long as you're not hanging out too long down there where it's weird, then yeah. you know. You guys are also like sweating and stuff. So it just can't be pleasant. <laughs> just these are my thoughts as I'm as I'm watching wrestling. So also like you know how comfortable are with yourself, right? Like if you're comfortable with you and your sexuality, then like oh, you grab you grab some hog, whatever. Get over nah, it. I don't think I would like my coworker's face all up in my crotch. Well, you know that's just me. You know I don't mind it so much. Well, this has been illuminating. <laughs> it's honestly like pro wrestling it's a very it's i don't, I don't see intimate because that gives it the wrong word but like no, it is. You're, you're in there you're in there with someone who's who your life and health is in their hands there's a level of trust and if there's an act if there's an a- accidental oopsie i grabbed you there it is what it is now i don't want like if it happens all the time, it's like, okay, this guy's a dick grabber. Then you got to have a conversation. <laughs> but, um, and again, it depends too. If like, if I've, I've wrestled buddies where like, we've definitely tried to break each other's character. And like, there's been some like butt pinching and stuff like that. <laughs> the and like, that's all good clean fun. Just boys being boys. But you know, you do it to strangers and then it gets weird. Yeah. Cause just, just, I was just watching some of the movies where they're literally just like slamming their crotches into another man's face. And I'm like, is it going to be awkward in the locker room later on? <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, considering last night in my match, a grown man kissed me fully on the mouth. I mean, that's, okay. Uh, and then, you know, that's, that's about as, you know, as weird as it'll get. Like if you can handle that and whatever, right? Okay. All right. As long as the crowd liked it, I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> All right. This- I'm going to, I'm gonna back off now. <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be those. There's gotta be those ma- uh, moments and matches where you're just like, yeah, all right, it's, it's, that was a little awkward. <laughs> sure, but you know, you move on. It's it, pro, pro wrestling is already weird enough, right? Like you're half naked in spandex, sometimes under fluorescent lighting, and like, so I mean, like already it's getting pretty weird. And then you're pretending, you know, wearing spandex, pretending to fight. Right, so I mean, it's already in the realm of pretty weird. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're open. I'm glad that you're open and honest with it because you know, like having this conversation with someone maybe 25 years ago, there would be a lot of guys who would just be like, "Hey, uh, hey, fame, hey, fame." Yeah, you know. But I, I think that it's we're you know the, the cat's out of the bag. It's been out of that. You can't put it back in. Once it's out, really? it's out. You're getting a perspective of someone who's not necessarily a wrestling fan, and this is just what I'm observing watching. Sure. You know, that's Absolutely. why. That's why I bring her on only because of the fact that she asks a lot of questions that I think 
are very valid. They're very valid to an outside uh, an outsider looking in. And then two at the same time, it's just like she makes it funny. Like she's fucking hilarious. So yes, it's just... crotch, the crotch question was imperative to be answered for <laughs> the rest of the world out there. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure some of the audience is probably sitting there people just like they just didn't want to say it. <laughs> so like, there's other people out there asking and thinking, right? How do they get around that? You don't. You just. You just. It's part of the. Yeah, you're touching each job. other. Yeah. Uh so did we want? Did we were able to catch the uh, the Saturday Night Main Event episode that we were, that were met, was mentioned earlier? No, I've never seen this. I'm not sure. Okay. I've, I've never seen it. I don't know what you're talking about, which is so, Oh, you're in for a shock. <laughs> you're in for a shock. So this is, is like as bad as the Star Wars Christmas special. Like this is the realm of I terrible wouldn't wind. say it was bad. Because actually okay. Steph enjoyed this more than anything else that I showed her today. Okay. They put a little bit more um into the Halloween part. Yeah. You know what it is, it's the time period this happens in too in yes. 85. Yes. Like this this wouldn't translate now. No, but but in '85, this works. Mac, you don't understand how many times I said watching these things. I'm like, well, that didn't age well. <laughs> this one, I I mean, listen, this one does. This one ages well, but it's just again, like you have to keep in mind the time period, right? Like, it, this would not happen today. No, at, at all. <laughs> no, no, it would not. Um, you know. Because number one, those those games that they played, where the, at one point there were three games. It was the the pie eating contest, the bobbing for apples, and then the um, the the pumpkin pass, where they tried to pass it between like their their chest and chin area. Um, but they the, the the interesting part was is that they had the the apples were not in water; they were in chocolate syrup because they were in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, of course. Uh, so of course, of course, for a Halloween special, why not have it in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it's chocolate syrup? I wonder what company was able to give us this chocolate syrup for nothing, as long as we give them a nice little promotional. Yeah, right. Uh, Two hundred gallons of it too. Yes, it was. It was like twenty gallons of chocolate oh, syrup okay. that well, they were bobbing out of. Is this on YouTube? I gotta find. I gotta find this. You can probably find clips on YouTube. Uh, of course, it's on the network, and but yeah. obviously with your own Canadians, yeah, yeah. we're years behind technology. I mean, at least you have indoor plumbing, I guess. Yeah, there, right? <laughs> you just got that. Pretty stoked. I mean, you know, at least you have the trailer park. You guys got the trailer park boys before everybody else. So that's always a good thing. As well. <laughs> that's right. We're way ahead of you guys on that one. Too. The way she goes. Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. I, I think I use that now. I, I use the way she goes, and then uh, that doesn't work for me, brother. Probably more at work than anything. <laughs> <laughs> like the two favorite phrases. I'm just like every day, I'm like, whenever somebody asks me something, it's like, that doesn't work for me, brother. And then if they don't like it, I could just be like, well, that's the way she goes. Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. She doesn't. Uh, but it, it is definitely something you could probably check on YouTube. I mean, it's just hilarious seeing, um, you know, all these guys, it, Iron Sheik is dressed up as Batman. 
Uh, Nikolai Volkov is dressed up as Robin. Uh, Roddy Piper is dressed up as Superman. Hulk Hogan is Hercules. I think even I and Hercules had not signed with the company yet. I think he came in in 86. So it, it's just interesting seeing Hulk Hogan dressed up as he was trying to be Hercules, of course, in Greek mythology and not actual Hercules Hernandez. Yeah, so that needs to be put up there as well. Uh, and then, you know, they had some uh, sprinkled in a few matches as well um, with Hogan and Andre facing Stud and Bundy, which that's at that point in 1985 WWF, that is like a massive main event. Yeah. Uh, and then it was Tito Santana, or as Jesse Ventura would say, Chico Santana. Yeah, up against. Sure up against the Macho Man. I'm sorry. I've heard an Asian man get called a fried wonton. A black man get called a mugger. And then a Spanish man just get referred to as Chico the entire the entire match. Some of his commentary does not age well. Tito Santana's move is the flying burrito. Like, bro. (laughs) Say that now, please. Can you say that now? See how fast Twitter crushes you? Or uh, there was a famous, I don't think it's on the network still, but I do remember it uh, because I had the the VHS tape of it. Um, It was a boxing match between uh mr t and bob orton they were setting up for wrestlemania 2 against piper and mr t uh where they had piper kind of they had mr t kind of held down and then piper was whipping him with a belt and uh (laughs) jesse vertura goes what is this roots 2 it's like yikes yikes dude yeah those are the moments that i'm like wow that didn't age well at all (laughs) no that didn't age well at the time. Fried wonton. <laughs> I'm like, what? How? Calling, calling the aging man who's climbing on an electric fence a fried wonton. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> that's you don't want to do that anymore. They don't allow that. It's no, not allowed. No. Um, which I'm hope I'm not canceled. I'm just repeating what was said. <laughs> like, we're just it's repeating what was said. History. I'm not condoning any of it. We don't no. agree with it. I was appalled by it. No, we were appalled. Absolutely. Uh, and Mac, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> Come on, it, Mac. It's it's so bad, but it's so good. I know, right? It's it's like some of those, like you know, especially those time period, those movies and the shows that came out. Like you just look at back at them. Like we talked about Suburban Commando earlier. How it's bad, but it's good. Like this is that episode. Um, I I think the quote unquote backstage segment where they uh, are at Roddy Piper's house, <laughs> it's just hilarious. That is what made me like him. Yeah. I mean, he goes ballistic, it, but he, the fact that he's trying to color bricks like full on bricks black so they look like <laughs> chocolate, and then put them in tinfoil, and his bowling balls that are candy apples, up the candy apples. But I love how the kids get them at the end with like the candy that they spilled on the ground and apparently it was like chocolate covered pepper or something like that. And Vince is just sitting there like laughing like he knows trick or treat, Ronnie. Like, oh my god, it's hilarious. I I, um, I was actually during that whole segment. No, it, it was it, 
it was Which hilarious. Is so funny. It's it's he's stupid, the one that but it's funny. I like him. He's an absolute lunatic. I fucking love him. <laughs> and then the, I had to I had to show the, her the some of the stuff that happened with Cindy Lopper that year. Oh my god. You <laughs> <laughs> gotta show him the epi- show the episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when he has the restaurant known as the maniac. The maniac. The, the maniac. maniac. Oh, yeah. But the um the funniest part to me is like the way they end it with uh the pumpkin pass. <laughs> and everybody's yelling at Miss Elizabeth <laughs> when she drops it and they lose. Oh my god. <laughs> and Piper's Macho's yelling at her, Piper's yelling at her. Bad light, man. I'm like, oof, that doesn't look good. It wasn't I watched behind, good. you know, the um what show do we do? Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Dark Ring. Side, yeah. so, like, we watched the one about him and Elizabeth, and then watching that scene, I was like, "Ooh, oof, that's not good." Yeah, it, it was the time. He was very like heel at that point in his career, though. He really like, was. Like he was the heel in the uh, Tito Santana match that night. He he was like yelling at her previously at that match. Like, come on, woman! <laughs> like he was definitely a heel at that point in his career but i mean even um she (laughs) just cracked me up like the whole night was just funny uh everything meant to be the only thing that i hated in that that whole thing which i actually skipped over was the kung fu battle between mr fuji and oh god yeah that was awful I was just like, this is gonna get fast forward. <laughs> it, it reminded me of the um Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey match, right? Oh, Where they yes. had like the um the MMA rules or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And um so it never works. Know, I'm watching that match, like you said, the you know, um this kung fu match, and then they like drop a suplex, and I'm like, wait, what happened to the kung fu? <laughs> like apparently I didn't understand the rules, I guess, because they just went right to that and then um, Steamboat hits whatever move I don't remember at this point just all the hilarity of this episode and then he wins and then, you know, Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco just beat him up after the match is over anyways Fuji and uh, Morocco had unreal chemistry uh, they had uh, if there was a TNT episode where they actually did a play on uh, Fuji Vice it was a playoff of Miami Vice and it was just and it's Morocco and Fuji playing as, you know, of course, Don Johnson and um, Christ's sake. I can't. Uh, well, I'll just say Crockett and Tubbs because I like the show. I Oh, Anthony Michael Thomas, I believe. But yeah, it was and it's Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco. And it's just absolutely hilarious. They were in the the early to mid 80s. WWE had a lot of stuff that did not land like a lot of it. You can look back on now and be like, oh. But then some of it is just pure comedy gold. And this is one of those episodes where they they stuck the landing on a lot of the stuff. Um, and it's probably one of the only times, too, I could actually think of that they had like an entire theming around like a Saturday night's main event episode, except like the Oktoberfest one, I think. And they did in the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that was the one where Lord Alfred Hayes got drunk. That was hilarious. Oh, right. Yes. Right. <laughs> so many weird choices over the years. Why is that needed? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I ask that question a lot. <laughs> a lot. 
everything she watches from wrestling. She's just like, <laughs> why is this necessary? But why? But why? But why? <laughs> Speaking of Crockett, though, uh, Bobby Heenan is, is Davy Crockett in this episode. Just cracked me up with the hat. <laughs> and me, Gene, is that a weasel hat? <laughs> no, it's a raccoon, raccoon hat. Davy Crockett, what do you think? But um, at one point, I forget which event they they go back and he's got the hat on but he's got it on backwards and the tail's <laughs> hanging down in his face <laughs> it's just like oh my god it and he's like trying to like push it out of the way yeah i think it was yeah yeah uh then steph was and i were trying to figure out if it was real pies for the piety contest and not just whipped cream because they were doing yeah, you because know, like whenever they did a pie contest at some points, it was either whipped cream or it was just regular pies, but they actually use regular pies for this. So at one point, she's just like, Are you sh- that looks like poop. I'm like, I think it's just chocolate cream pie. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, Will Battle versus King Kong Bundy in a pie eating contest just was disgusting. To watch. <laughs> Very gross. And I'm like, oh, it looks like there's poop on his face now. They must. <laughs> Yeah, and then King Kong Bundy shoves the last pie in Lou's face. Lou's like, "Give me another pie, me Gene." Mm-hmm. Like, I think you just got one over your face, bro. Uh, you gotta, you gotta hand it off to Lou and the fact of that he had a very like good career after his wrestling career because he went on to be Super Mario, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> Great show! I love that show. I think everybody did. It's like, still, it's on, uh, I think it's on Prime for free. Yep. Yeah. I, it it's might good. be on Tubi too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tubi's the best. Tubi's great. Yeah. Uh, especially like for a lot of these horror films that, you know, uh, a lot of like the ones that from the 80s that you might not think of that, you know, were really big in video rentals and that because yeah. that video rental day and age, good Lord, you could find so much great stuff. Actually, that's how I found Halloween Havoc 89. I found that at a Blockbuster was a 99 cent rental. So I always got it because it was like, if I have $2, at least I know I can rent that for three days. (laughs) Watch it over and over. Yeah. And um, that 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 was kind of what entailed me to a lot of these shows. You you got a favorite horror film uh, series, uh, Tony? Ooh. That's a good one. Uh, my wife and I are pretty partial to Scream. Uh, we like that. Uh, I don't know if it's. I don't know if you consider Scream horror. Mm, um, I do. I'm a big, big Evil Dead guy. Like I've got a couple of Evil Dead tattoos, and I really, really liked the newest one, Evil Dead Rise. I can't. I can't in my soul say it's my favorite one because that's the second, the original Evil Dead two. But I really like Evil Dead Rise. That's a that's a big franchise in my uh, in my ethos in my my life as a kid for sure. And then. I like the classics. My wife's a big uh, Michael Myers Halloween, so I've I've watched a lot of those movies too. She's a big horror nut. That's her. That's her jam. Me too. Man, you're right. We can get along. She's got a full like leg sleeve. She's got a full leg sleeve of like all the classic horror movies with like Freddy's Glove and Michael Myers, Leatherface, and uh, what's your favorite scary movie? Phone and yeah. Yeah, I have paintings. I did Pennywise. I have him up. Nice. I have one that has like Chucky, Jason, Michael, Ghostface. Freddy. Very cool. Freddy. I gotta get a frame for it. But yeah. That that that's why I'm here. I'm more of a horror fan. <laughs> I, I, like the, I, I like 
I like the like the classic style horror and the new school. What I don't dig is like torture porn, like the Saw movies. Like those. Oh, are, you're right. Yeah, I don't want to watch suffering. Watch let me let's see some cool decapitations. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Scary yeah. about it. It's just gross. Yeah, yeah. It's uncomfortable. I don't care for that stuff. Yeah. Um I really liked uh, that new movie that came out this year, Smile. That one was super creepy. I don't know if you guys mm. saw that one. That one was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I saw that in the theater. I really liked that one. Just yeah, super, it super creepy. Yeah. I and, did uh, like... What was the other one we got? Black Phone? Black Phone is Black really phone good. So I did scary. like Black Phone. Yeah, Black oh, Phone is yeah. really good. Yeah. And like that was Ethan Hawke's like first movie in of the longest time I can remember. And he I didn't so- even know it was him up until like and then I had to look at it. I'm like, who is this guy? He's familiar. And then all of a yeah. sudden it's Ethan Hawke. I'm like, you're, you're shitting me. This isn't Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah, right. You've you've aged yes. terribly. Yes. Terribly. You were a handsome fellow back in the early 2000s. Oh yeah. Like it he was um course i remember him training day but he wasn't the best part of training day it was denzel that that was that was denzel's movie the whole time was the same as like uh like batman or uh dark knight returns like it could have been anyone playing batman as long as Heath Ledger was rocking that joker it doesn't matter who's sitting in the second seat right and i think training day is the same way it could have been any basic white actor playing up against uh denzel's awesomeness I thought um i thought Heath ledger did a good job as joker but i'm i still I give the edge to Jack still. Me too. I'm Jack not, I'm was not so good as fucking yeah. Joker. It was unreal. I still think... <laughs> I used to think that um, Batman 1990 is the best Batman, but I kind of changed my tune, and I think Batman Returns is the better movie. Um, just because I really like that. I like the Catwoman and the Penguin stuff, and it's it's super creepy. Um it's Yeah, well, exactly. Mm. Tim Burton's the man. Exactly. He's the man. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. I, I I like them both as those are both my I still think are the best Batman films we've done we've gotten. I don't like the new one. I've had many arguments with Sebastian Wolf about how bad slash good the new one was, and I just didn't care for it. I thought Ben Affleck was a good Batman. He, you know what? I it grew on me. What I really liked about the Ben Affleck Batman was um, his voice changer was a voice box, and not just Christian Bale doing Sergeant Slaughter. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like it was part of the suit. Like and imagine then, like fighting crime, but also having oh yeah, I gotta change my voice so people don't know that I'm Bruce Wayne. And at least like that would have like the like the digital voice box would play like, okay, I don't have to think about it. And I, I did enjoy that. I didn't like him too much in um Justice League. Just because, like, why are you being funny? Batman's not funny. Brooding and stoic only, please. Like Get a few jokes, like, okay, that didn't land so much. But I did not like the new, uh, with the guy from Twilight, whatever his name is. Robert like, Pattinson. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Like, here's yeah. the Riddler, but really, he's just the Zodiac. But it's Riddler, but he's green Zodiac. Like, come on. Like, that was, I thought that was super lazy. And, like, they didn't even, just, like, here's, here's a cipher, like, just like Zodiac. Like, you guys didn't change anything. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> It's weird with bat. It's weird with Batman because it's like there's been so many actors that, that have stuck the landing with it, but it's. I think it's easier for us to critique bad Batman's than it is for us to like find good ones. Like, uh, just because I did not like Batman the last one. I, I number one, I thought Pattinson was that casting was terrible because uh, he just doesn't look like a Batman to me. He just looked like somebody that was like emo that became Batman. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. 
It's just the fact that, like, it's just... He didn't look Batman to me. He was like a whiny Bruce Wayne. He treated yeah. Alfred like shit. Right? I didn't like didn't like the costume either. I thought that he saw way too much cheekbone in the in the cowl. Like he's so exposed. I did really enjoy the Batmobile. How it was like a regular mm-hmm. car souped up because that's very much of like the original Batman, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. But other than that, yeah, like it wasn't. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's George Clooney Batman bad, but. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not my favorite one, for sure. I thought Colin, um, I thought Colin Farrell did an excellent job as Joker, though. Uh, no, Penguin, Penguin, excuse me. Penguin, yeah, yeah, that was that. Yeah, was, that I was thought cool. he was great as Penguin. Speaking of Joker, I actually liked what was it, Joaquin? Joaquin mm, Phoenix. Yeah, he did a great job. I liked his Joker too. Yeah, ah. I thought he was. I th- no. <laughs> My here's my here's my problem with that movie. My wife and I have debated it because she really enjoyed it. Mm. Was the payoff was he went crazy for so long and then killed one guy. If he wiped out that whole audience, I would have been like, great movie. But he killed one dude and then like that was it. Like, well, he's supposed to be like a mass murderer and he like I don't know. It just too maybe if it was a little shorter, I'd be okay. But like the build up was like two hours and fifteen minutes to kill one dude. Well, he did kill the guys in the subway too. Okay, I mean, those guys so, too. Yeah, so like but he if did. It was, if it was more like, um, I don't know if you saw the Dark Knight Returns animated features, the part one and part two, but the Joker mm-hmm. and that like, wipes out the whole talk show audience and his shrink. And like, you give me that at the end, like, okay, now, now we got a super super villain here. But I thought it, it ended well when he's when the the doctor or counselor asked him, "What's so funny?" And he was just thinking about Bruce Wayne crying in the alley with his dead parents he's just That's like you wouldn't part. get it i thought That's that was hilarious that it, well, it was hilarious but are you telling me that that means the joker is like 20 years older than batman mm-hmm. right so like when he's so when batman's like 25 fighting him he's like 45 like that doesn't line up for me either they should no, be around the same age the math ain't mathing yeah the, the math's not adding up for me but no, no, no. I thought yeah, Queen Phoenix did a great. I never know how to say his name. I thought he did a great job in the acting. I just thought that like the payoff for the buildup didn't match. It would no. be like uh, it would be like a uh, a match with like a twenty minute heat and a one minute comeback finish. That is true. I mean, it it, it was like so. It's like a Hogan match almost. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much it's a Hogan match. <laughs> Hogan WWF match of like 1985. Yeah. Three up. Uh, you finish. Uh, kick out. Shake up. Three punch. Big boot. Leg drop. We go home. Yeah, right. Like, that's kind of, that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, I thought a lot of it, a lot of stuff was done well, but I don't know. The DC, the DC movies have been all over the place in the last ten years, twenty years, thirty years, even. Another another long discussion me and Mac have had over the years. Yeah. The animated movies are wicked. They're all super good. But they, yeah, not uh, not so good on the live action for the most part. Well, I, I, I mean, thought I go ahead, Max. Sorry. I, no, I was, all I was gonna say was I, I just hope James Gunn can kind of write the ship there. You know, I hope so, man. But like he's got a lot of work to do. Like, did you watch the new Flash movie? No. It's it's not good. Like, no, I, I I've heard I've, I've heard. seen Michael it either. Keaton but yeah, can't save it. And if Michael Keaton can't save your movie, who can? You know, I guess. 
Well, I think I think part of it has to do with the fact that um, it's Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Who <laughs> yeah, has... That is a bad part about the movie, but also just the right. It's just the script is bad. It's just not. It's not. And again, like I, I'm doing the same thing. That I say people shouldn't do with the rest because I've never actually made a movie, but I don't enjoy that movie at all. It's it's a grind. It was a grind to get through the one time. I was like, that's. Like I'll watch superhero movies over and over again. I'd say you know it's I liked it because like, if I watch it once and never again, like okay, it didn't grab me. But like I've watched Guardians three, you know, ten times and been out for less than a year, just because I watch movies on repeat because I'm one of those maniacs. But yeah, like I, I will not be watching The Flash again. That's for sure. It, it there's always I I hate when they kind of they need to go that route where they need to dust somebody off that's been away for so long to kind of. You know, and wrestling does it too, you know, because there were, there was WWE that was doing that for a couple of years where it was just like, well, we need a, we, we need somebody to headline this event. Let's go get Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, he's 50 something. we we'll still go get Goldberg. Why? Uh, People love to come back. I mean, they did it in the Marvel movies, right? Like, no one liked the Andrew Garfield Spider Man's until he showed up again in the newest movie. I was like, oh, he was a great Spider Man. Like, you guys all shit on him for like twenty years. Like, what are you talking yeah, we about? did. Yeah. The first movie I like. The second one is terrible. They makes the same mistakes as the third Tobey Maguire one. Just like let's pack in all the bad guys possible. But, I percent agree with you. Hundred yeah. percent. I th- I thought the first Andrew Garfield Spider Man movie was great. The second yeah. one, there was so much going on. Like I yeah. can't even blame him. It's the script, which is too bad because the ending is awesome. They did the Gwen Stacy ending like. Pretty much frame for frame from the comics, like which is a sad fucking ending. Like, and they built up a third movie, you know, right? But like, just the rest of it was so poorly done. It's like, ah, yeah. sorry, guys. I thought Tom Holland. I, I, I do have to admit, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man though on screen that they possibly could have. Oh, yeah. He's been yeah. so great. Hundred um, percent agree. In yeah. every film that he's been in, he's been excellent. Uh, you know, he. And I had my reservations going in because it was just like your third Spider-Man already and like this extended universe. And he's been excellent. Like uh, he's an excellent actor, though. Like I really enjoy. I really enjoy. Yeah. Devil all the time. I don't know if you saw that one. That's a great movie. Sad and like messed up, but like very good film. He plays. He does great in that movie. I didn't see the. um, Fuck. What's that video game that they made them? He was in with Mark Wahlberg. Uncharted. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that yet. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I will eventually, I'm sure. Mark yeah. Wahlberg playing Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's okay. I, I wouldn't. I've seen it. I, I would just temper your expectations. I love the okay. games. The game series is, is very good, but fantastic. The movie uh, was not so much. Uh, is any are uh, Tony? Are you gonna go watch the Iron Claw when that comes out? That's gonna be a tough oh, yeah. watch. That would be sad. My my watch, yeah. My wife's asking, like, "Oh, are you down with me?" Like, I'm down to go see it, but just you know, this is going to be one of the saddest movies you've ever seen. Oh man, the whole Von Eric family is just riddled with tragedy. Ugh, it, it, it's yeah. We watched that as the other dark side of the ring. Yeah, it's hard. For the one family to go through so much like that, it was just, and you got the one surviving brother. Right? I, I kind of like how it, you know. It, yeah made a life for himself where he's happy and you know but yeah, long road and dark yeah. i think the casting looks really good like yeah, before i uh, poo poo zach efron because he's like you know like a teen buck guy but like he's done some good work and like he's definitely changed my opinion on him as an actor he's very funny 
Um, so, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to it. The haircuts are on point. That's for they sure. really are. Like <laughs> I, I, they really did a lot of, um, one of the things that I like from the trailer that I was able to pick up was they did a lot of detail and like those little accuracies that, especially with me, cause I'm such, well, you too, with a being a figure collector, you want it to be as authentic as possible. And mm-hmm. the continuity has to be there. Like um, one big argument that a friend of mine have always has, we're big into the wrestling games is if they do a Shawn Michaels figure from WrestleMania 12, it has, they never have been able to get the gloves, right? They've never been able to get like little aspects of his outfit from WrestleMania 12. Correct. And that's one thing that has always driven me nuts that I've always talked about. And the fact that I saw in this trailer, how they got the sportatorium to look right. Yeah. How they have actors that actually look like Carrie, David, Kevin, Michael, Chris, Fritz, everybody. How it just makes it everybody look right. Even though I still feel like that MJF should be Gino Hernandez and not Lance Von Eric. <laughs> but that's that's beyond that. Um, but I thought that, uh, but I still think it's going to be it's coming around in December, so I know that they're trying to push this for the Oscars, which that'll be very interesting if they were if a movie, The Iron Claw, gets like a best picture nomination and actually wins it. Yeah, I mean, we were close, we were close with the wrestler, very Maybe close. The one that finally does it for us, right? Us, like, we're like pro wrestling movies are a team, but yeah, no. <laughs> If this is done well and done right, like this is the this is the one that'll maybe get wrestling an Oscar. Well, I, I think Mickey Rourke kind of this is Mickey Rourke probably was going to win the Oscar that year, but what hurt him was going to was announcing that he was going to be at WrestleMania that year. Yeah, because that was that that's when I think they were like, yeah, oh, we're going to vote for Sean Penn. Yeah, because they could not have an Academy Award winner who just won the Oscar. <laughs> go to wrestlemania like hollywood just couldn't have it no couldn't, couldn't do it no so uh that's what kind of that thing for sure the oscars are so political anyway right? like, it is yeah, can you remember the last time the movie that you actually wanted to win best picture actually won best picture it's been a long time it's yeah. been a long long time it i mean every year it's like oh this movie should win it and it's not even nominated or like Top Gun Maverick should have probably won last year, in my opinion. Like, and I know they gave it to something else, but I thought Top Gun Maverick should have won just but on the basis of Tom Cruise was able to get the the theater industry back up and running again after COVID. Mm-hmm. Like it's they should have just gave it to him anyways, regardless, just because of the fact it was literally the movie that saved the the, the theater industry. And they didn't think it like that. They went with, of course, another auto artistic movie that people really never really saw like it, it's not a movie that's going to make a lot of money you know which i guess you know that's part of well that's the art of it you know the most popular is not always supposed to win sometimes yeah but sometimes you kind of want it to happen sometimes for sure i mean yeah, i'm trying to think of like my favorite like oscar winning best pictures it's like it's not that long of a list like platoon uh the godfather uh, godfather 2 shawshank redemption that one best picture right no it didn't oh it that's right it got the nod it got the nominated but then it got snubbed talk about talk about a year that talk about a fuck year for whoever released of that because 
It was Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, and Shawshank Redemption all nominated for Best Picture that year. And Forrest Gump won. That's right. Forrest Gump won. Which Uh, I'll I'll take. It's not better than Shawshank. Like, I like Forrest Gump. It's not a better movie than Shawshank Redemption. Well, you can make the argument that Pulp Fiction is better than both of them as well. So it's like there's there's so many on the table there that you can sit there and say. But they don't usually give Oscars to like violent movies, right? And I think that's why Pulp Fiction is not gonna get wouldn't get the nod over those two. Not that I guess yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, they gave it to Braveheart the next year. That's, that's true. They did. Movie. But Braveheart's seventeen hours long, right? So you make it. <laughs> that's true. Long. I mean, when you put it that and way, then yeah, it's, then it's a different story. Again, oh. Braveheart's great, but have you tried watching it in one sitting in the last twenty years? It's a long movie. Oh, absolutely, right? it is. Yeah. I the thing that bothers me, and this is one that's always bothered me as far as best picture is concerned. It was the year that Goodfellas was nominated and it was up against Dancing with Wolves, and Dancing with Wolves beat Goodfellas. And it's just like this is fucking criminal right here. Yeah. Like, how is this even fucking happening right now? Yeah. And it was the same year, I think. Uh, there was another year where uh Saving Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love, mind you. How many people in this room have seen Shakespeare in Love? No one. No one. No one has seen it. But everybody has seen Saving Private Ryan, except probably Steph. And they can probably sit there and say, <laughs> "Yes, I have uh, seen Saving Private Ryan." <laughs> that would have been like three in a row for Tom Hanks, right? So they can't. They can't do that, right? You can't have Tom Hanks win Best Actor three times in a row because well, he won I, for Forrest Gump, and then he won for something Philadelphia. else. He won Philadelphia. He won Philadelphia, and then he won for Forrest Gump. Yeah. And then uh, I. Don't think he was nominated for Apollo 13, but I think he got nominated for Best Picture. Really? So like, yeah, he wasn't nominated for Apollo 13. Yeah, I do remember that. I think, but it, it did get nomination for Best Picture. Right. But um, yeah, it was there was a couple of years in a row there where he was just like, they kept giving him nominations. Okay, he leaned up for like a three year period, man. It's wild. I mean, he should have. I mean, the fact is, I mean, Forrest Gump. It's hard to argue it winning best picture. Like it, it's yeah. like, is it my favorite movie that came out the three of between the three that year? No, but at the same time, it winning best picture, I don't think is a bad thing. Like I, I don't disagree. Hate it. You know, I think, I think because it's like digestible for a wider audience is probably why it's going to get the nod as opposed to like, some people don't like Pulp Fiction. Cause it's so fucking like violent and stuff. And like, I don't know who isn't like the Shawshank Redemption. I've been trying to get the young students to watch them. Like, watch these old movies that are good kids. You guys don't know. Um, but I should probably throw those two on the list, too. I think Forrest Gump is relatable, too. I, I don't it think is. any of what you said is it, wrong. It, it's just yeah. very relatable. And, and the fact that it talks about him throughout his entire life and the stuff he went through. just Historical events, too, that went along with it. I mean, it's... I gotta go pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am uh, I'm running out of juice and time, boys. So I gotta I gotta have to shut this one down. I understand. Thank you for coming on, though, Tony. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, again, yeah, man. Yeah, no. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before you take off? Yeah, sure. Uh, follow me on uh, on Instagram, Uncle Daddy Tony Brony. Follow me on Twitter, Tony Brony thirteen. Follow all the promotions I work for. So WrestleCore on the Twitter and Instagram, Glam Slam TV. Uh, Nation Extreme Wrestling, 365 Wrestling, uh, Boom Wrestling, and that's oh, and uh, Love Pro Wrestling. Those are kind of the six promotions you can catch me at. 
Um, I could work more, but I'm getting old and I'm just busted up. I can't work as much. I might make a couple. I might make my. You got a family, damn it. You got to think about them. Right. I, might, <laughs> I might start doing the States again, but honestly, Vancouver's been so busy. I haven't really had to travel that much. So follow those. Uh, oh, and if you want to see some uh, Lionsgate Dojo students have their first matches, follow the Baroni Network on YouTube and you'll see some, uh, you might see some future stars have their first couple of matches. You never know. Absolutely. Tony, thank you again for joining us again uh, and celebrating this Halloween episode here on Pro Wrestling World Talks. We're going to have you on again eventually. We got some stuff coming down the pipeline that I know you're going to be interested in. Sounds good to me. I'm always here to talk uh, talk shop with you guys. Awesome. Thanks again, All brother, right. for coming on. All right. Ciao. So now I am on with my two of my favorite people ever to kind of close this one out. Uh, <laughs> so now it's so now it's the uh so now it's kind of the 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 last three remaining the kind of bullshit and also talk about our favorite things uh make kelly watch all the wrestling stuff that you did <laughs> no i did not of course not <laughs> of course well kelly's not in the program so that's why that's, that's partially true I mean, Kelly, saying that, <laughs> I'd love Kelly's take on this. It would be absolutely hilarious. Her reviewing wrestling matches. Um, I, I, I have no words for you. No. Just, no. I, I, I don't think you want that. I, I don't want that. So if I don't want that, I don't feel that you should. I bite um, my lot, Mac, and we know Kelly. Yeah, Kelly will, <laughs> yeah. will not bite her tongue. What about um, Madison? You think Madison would join? Um, so so Madison is like that new meme that's cropped up of like, oh, people like an S wrestling or ick. That <laughs> that would be her take on that. The the nine almost ten year old take would be that. Didn't she did say though? Um, that doesn't work for me, brother. At one point, though. So so I bought the shirt. Oh, I think, okay. I, I think I told Dan I bought the shirt, and um, she's read it. You know she read the shirt and she's like oh okay so you know i think i was like brushing her hair or something like that i was like oh okay why don't you go brush your hair or something like that something to that effect i don't remember and she literally just looks at my shirt because we're standing in front of the mirror looks at the shirt in the mirror and says that doesn't work for me brother pretty much in that same tone of voice that i just had and just dan's reaction was my reaction like i just Keeled over, started laughing. My yeah, butt off. funny. That's Kelly gonna drive. Took a picture of her the other day and told me that Madison said, "This is my dead inside smile." <laughs> oh, the school picture from last year. Yeah, yeah. My yeah dead I remember that. <laughs> how how hilarious is it going to be when Steph and I have children, and pretty much every other vocat, their probably first words are going to be, "That doesn't work for me, brother." No, so, it's not. For- First of all, um, that's not really the words I would have used, but you know, besides that, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was <laughs> our kids gonna have a potty mouth. It really, it, they really are. Our kids are gonna be, you're gonna Is be that, in trouble. I, well, no, I'm con, I'm more conscious of my language around children. But it's... well, they they have an entire back catalog. If they get into of of my uh, of my podcasts and stuff that I've been on, they're gonna be like, "Daddy, what type of word were you using on this?" 
Oh, you, 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 you'll find out when you're older. <laughs> Can I just say? It was I mean, really- we were talking about grabbing dogs earlier and stuff and wrestling. <laughs> so, I mean, it's already bad enough. It was really cute, Mac. You came on and Daria was laying with me and she reacted to your voice and started rubbing up against. She knows who's boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Uncle Mac talking to you. And then she was just playing with a plastic knife on the floor. Of course she was. I don't know if you heard she's, me yelling. She's, at she's her plotting your murders. Just saying. <laughs> at, least it's pla- at least it's a plastic knife and not a real knife because yeah. I might be in trouble. No, you would. She would. She would be like that. Um, that crab with the knife. <laughs> famous video. Yeah, yeah. Try to cook me, will you? You won't. No, she's sitting on a plastic bag right now. Oh, it's her favorite spot. Plastic bag. <laughs> plastic bag. Plastic bag. <laughs> Inside joke, folks. Inside joke. <laughs> well, it's not. If you've watched Clone High, folks, the older version. Not yeah, the but one. we also related it to other things that at college that I think uh, make it more of a plot. Inside joke. I almost said plastic bag, but more of an inside joke. But Dan is literally cracking up in the other room right now. Oh, well, no, because I get what he's talking about. <laughs> I just remember it. Just yeah, my he- memory. Hence the inside joke part. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, folks, we've known each other for over 20 years, which um, bringing this him on was easy. I have top liver. And he doesn't talk to me about Wesley's whatever his name was. What's his name? Melstein? D- Meltzer. Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer. Yeah, see, I don't even know his name because you don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, you're really going to want to listen. I love how you say this, Stephanie, but as soon as he starts talking about it, you just be like, oh my God, shut the fuck up already about him. <laughs> no, I literally look at him and I'm just like, why do you think I know what you're talking about? I'm not one of your friends. Well, you so, are technically so, so you're, you're my fiance. You don't talk to me about it, but then it's like, don't fucking talk to me about it. <laughs> like, he can't win the catch 22. Well, that's how it works, Mac. <sighs> like, I, 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 it, I was getting texts earlier tonight. She's just like, oh, like, because I, I, I feel bad because you know, like, at times we were, I was trying to get equal time for everybody tonight. Uh, it, it's just, you know, when you have this many heads trying to be able to kind of be like, ah, when you ask me questions like, so what did you think of that match? What, what do you want me to say? It sucked. You don't want me to say <laughs> what I'm actually thinking. Well, I, 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 the, the reason I have you on is because it, other than the fact that I absolutely adore you. It's oh. also the fact that it's you're very comical and animated when it comes to talking about this, good or bad. And I think also that there's a lot of wrestling fans out there that if they're not cellar dwellers and living by themselves and have never talked to a girl in their entire life, and they're probably AEW fans. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing, but I knew that was a dig. I knew it. Uh, you know, I'm fucking with you people. Like, I swear, like I, I've, um, or am I, <laughs> um, but the thing is, I'll is never that tell. I'll never tell, uh, y- you have to, uh, giving a female's perspective of someone also that has, 
I want, I think the audience wants to listen to it because, you know, like you're tapping into the mind of someone that's a complete wrestling maniac and they have a significant other. How do they make this work? Like, cause she completely just shits on the industry. It doesn't like it to the, to an extent. We have so many other things in common and it doesn't we matter. Do. We do, which is like, which is true with Tony when we were talking about like Batman and uh, you were chiming in and also about horror films and stuff like that, which yeah, is also what like movies and horror yes. and all that fun stuff. I'm all about it, but like, I can't give my like, like a, like, like a good opinion of whether a match is good or not, because to me, it's all the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same token, I think that's an important perspective too, from a few different standpoints. So, so number one, the question that you asked Tony about, you know, the crotch grabbing, as fun and silly as that is, like it's it's a legitimate question. It was genuinely what I was thinking while right. watching, and I'm like, wow, like you're really all up in each other's stuff. Like, how do you handle that? Because <laughs> I don't know if I like to work a position where somebody's all up in my private areas and stuff like no well there was actually a um a, a meme going around uh recently because nia jacks uh <laughs> she had the it was raquel gonzalez's she she power bombed her and her f- power bomb is her your face is facing their crotch directly and then you drive them down like for like a and they land on their back that's what I mean. Like yeah. people are literally just slamming their crotches into people's faces. Well, you know, and but so you saw like an imprint on her crotch, and it was of Raquel Gonzalez's um, makeup. makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like That's another. Funny. There was like a complete face in her crotch, like, and it was just imprinted. That's fine. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, Naya's. Uh, I don't know if you'd like Naya because Naya is kind of. She's part of the the family with Roman and uh, you know the Usos and also she's actually cousins with uh, Dwayne Johnson, aka oh, the Rock. Related. So somehow yeah. <laughs> every single one of them. So uh, Naya has a reputation for being kind of uh, she she injures people a lot. <laughs> we'll say stiff. Yeah, she's a brute. And she could has put a hurting on on people. I think if I if I showed like a YouTube video of her just like stiffing people, you'd probably like her. Um, she's, but you know, she gets a lot of hate online from people, and it's just like I like her because I I think that you kind of need somebody that's just like just really doesn't give a shit in the end. Like she's not here for kind of uh you know for people's enjoyment. She's here to remind people i'm a monster yeah. and i'm supposed to just throw people around yeah so but like the dudes like do you, do you wonder if like any of them ever got like poked up the nose or poked in the eye by actually by... all right all right so <laughs> dustin dustin rhodes tells a great story about bruce pritchard sending him out against the undertaker gets him down on the mat and during a commercial just full-on grabs undertaker but by the hog rubs him around does the whole like licking lip stuff yeah yeah and then flees into the back because taker is red hot and by the time he gets to the back bruce pritchard has to go up like no 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 no. 
Dustin's cool. I told him to do that. And Taker's still mad, but now he's like, okay, I get it. So, yeah, there are those times when just stuff goes a completely different direction. They're wearing, like, underwear, so it's not like... Like something could like slip out and like oh that's happened to you know what I mean and stuff like that like that's, that's happened that's happened to the men and the women yeah. like getting lapped in the face with a sweaty ball Hogan uh, I mean Flair and Mont- and Shawn Michaels used to do a spot where you, they would you'd pull their pants down and their ass would be showing and then they'd be wrestling with like their ass out that that that's happened many a times yeah i just i'm just more fixated on i would hate the cock just (laughs) nuts whapping me in the face like that would just so not so much in the face but um triple h tells a story about he took al snow up for a suplex and then apparently his pants were on a little bit dug. yeah yep not too snug, and uh, Al Snow was hanging out. <laughs> I think uh, Blue Meanie talked about it too at one point that Goldust set him up for the Shattered Dreams, and his balls were out like so. Literally, he just like right on the me- episode of Raw, he's just sitting there and he's just like, Yeah, my balls are out right on Monday Night Raw. That's I mean, great. It happened on Tough Enough, too. Did. Oh, just for future notice, your balls are out. Yeah, you're nuts, you're nuts hanging down there. My yeah, favorite. My favorite moment in Tough Enough history was Triple H just going in there and just be like, he said everything that I wanted to hear said to these fucking guys of just like, oh, you guys are getting a free ride. You're not, you're not having to go in the indie circuit for twenty years and busting your ass, not seeing your family. I was on the road three hundred thirty days last year while you're getting a fucking twelve week crash course in the wrestling business and getting a fucking job. Like, yeah, I'm not. So- like, I'm supposed to stand here and just be okay with this. Like, he said everything that kind of needed to be said of just... Because that was always my biggest problem with Tough Enough. These fucking kids just coming in and automatically getting a spot right away. Uh, and a chance to be working for the biggest wrestling company in the world. While everybody else was slaving away on the indie circuit. While fucking Maven gets an automatic shot. Oh, you're going to be at the Royal Rumble this year. Oh, really? You're going to eliminate The Undertaker with a dropkick. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, I, I knew you were gonna talk shit about Maven, but Maven is killing it right now on YouTube. No, no, you're right. I I I will agree a hundred percent that I, I think he's done a great job on social media and with YouTube and kind of the second act of his career. Um, and also explaining everything, like just going through everything in detail. Yeah, and I I've gained a lot of respect. There are a lot of people in recent times that maybe 15 or 20 years ago, I fucking couldn't stand the, but as personalities and also they go back and look at it and say, yeah, my career wasn't a success, but like, here are things that I picked up that could help future guys in the business. I have no problem with that at all. And I'm glad that he's done that to kind of, uh, you know, he's, pretty much admitted you know that like yeah i got handed something and i didn't wasn't very good or i wasn't ready for that spot like i appreciate that and it's kind of really kind of changed my perspective on maven that he kind of got put in that spot um because you know he played a he did have a hell of a drop kick oh yeah, like absolutely. he he could he could 
there were certain things that he did that I was just like, man, it's pretty good. Like it's just his personality. It felt like at times I was just like, ah, but I, he did make a huge effort. Like, and I, I had, there were some guys that tried and, you know, they failed, but, or they did all right. And they just didn't reach the heights that certain people thought they would. And, you know, he's done a hell of a lot better than like fucking Daniel Pewter, that piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck him. Like, and, and I'm, uh, I should probably cut that out. No, I won't. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be on this podcast next week. No, he isn't. Fuck him. I don't care. Uh, I, um, but I, I, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And we have, we, we've, I, we have a lot of things coming up um down the pipeline folks um john is not here again this week i'm sorry that he is that that will have to get i keep saying he's on assignment and he is on assignment and he'll be back soon to kind of explain where he's been um we, we miss him dearly i miss him dearly i really wanted him to be on this episode um and he wanted to be here too but he's He's got some things that he's kind of got to clear up first. I'm sure when he gets back, we'll be able to kind of explain everything that's gone on. Um, we're trying here uh, to kind of do different things to see what stick. And, you know, this is kind of one of those episodes that we're kind of, that was at least something I came up off the top of my head of just like, okay, let's do a Halloween special. But we have things in the pipeline now that I think are going to be able to entertain you keep you engaged and also um we have a great promotions uh department now with pro wrestling world we're going to be doing things i think they're going to make this thing a lot no i'm not going to say better because i think we put out a great stuff every single week that we've been able to do uploads here uh i just think that we're going to do a lot of things out of the box. This is something out of the box. Dark side of the ring is out of the box. I'm so, out of the box. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I didn't drive enough of you guys away because you will be hearing from me again in the future. You will. Yes. Um, we will be doing the deep dive of dark side of the ring, continuing with that, uh, that uh, the new episode of that will be dropping in the next week or two. Uh, this of course will be, coming out at halloween uh you'll be hearing this coming out on october 27th on the active that'll be the actual launch date of this uh and then again it will also be promoted uh on pro wrestling world our facebook page twitter and our instagram and then also in november we're going to do a look back at starcade as next month will be the 40th anniversary of the very first starcade that took place at greensboro uh, Coliseum, uh, of course, Ric Flair defeating Harley Race in the cage match, the first Starcade. So we're going to be looking back at the history of Starcade in an episode next month, just for around Thanksgiving. Um, we have some things planned for December. I don't know what yet. Uh, holiday special has been tossed around, but I think we might go off into a different direction with that. Uh, and then, of course, 19, uh, 2024, I mean, January is going to be a massive month. It'll be the 40th anniversary of Hulk Hogan beating the Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden. 
So a definite deep dive in Hulkamania and the birth of Hulkamania is definitely going to be coming. Mac, I will probably leave you off that episode. <laughs> Unless you want to be the comic relief and completely shit on Hogan. I, I, uh, I was going to say, I mean, comic relief might be a good source there, but other lights. than that, yeah, probably a good idea to keep you can, that. You just bring up off, we can just bring up all of Hulk Hogan's like lies over the years. Sheik like, should have won, should have retained... End no, of story. No, I shouldn't have. We're not. We're not having this discussion. If Hogan I, didn't beat Sheik, dude, I'm joking. <laughs> I trust know me. you are. <laughs> like, no, I I agree, but I I still don't care for Hogan. <laughs> no, I get it. I I understand. Like, and with that's, I've always been able to look past that in our friendship. It's just like he's not a Hogan fan. I understand completely. But we also like the mostly the same talent, so it's just like one of those deals. Like, I mean, listen, I, I've said this, and I'll, I'll say it here as well. Like, I, I can't no discount anything from Hogan. Like, he, guy was phenomenal for what he did and what he did to the industry. I just personally don't care for. Him. Right. I believe <laughs> and, the the term also I got from you was we didn't know any better. I, I mean, listen, in that time period, especially you know late eighties, early nineties, we really didn't. You know, no, but it's, it's... you know, it's funny we talked about. Hogan and Flair earlier, like I, I think Flair should have won that. <laughs> like just saying, but you know, creative control, brother. It's agree. <laughs> Disagree, Mac. This hatred of Flair has got to end, honey. Oh, I hate him so much. You, it has to end because it's oh, just like he's. She's so obnoxious. He's he's God though. Like no, he uh, is, and the wrestling business, he is God though. Like he is not my God. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's not the God, but he is a God. My God is an awesome God. And he is a God. <laughs> Whenever somebody asks you if you're a God, you say, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Ray is not my favorite Ghostbuster. <laughs> Are you a God? No. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. Bold choice by Tony Ray being the favorite Ghostbuster. I know all the power to him, though, for that that's, one. That's good. I I will agree, though. Him and Winston are great together. So, like, I have to kind of give, I I kind of have to give him a pass on that, just because he he did prove say that him and Winston are good together. He's right. I totally agree with that. But I mean, they, yeah, yeah. But you know, Peter Beckman stands on his own. It's Peter and Egon, as far as I'm concerned. It's like one A and one B, in my opinion. And I like Winston too a lot. Like I'll Winston, say, yeah. Winston's great too. Um, it's just uh, Ray. It's certain Ray is not a clutch performer, or as Uncle June would say, he's not. He does not have the makings of a varsity athlete. Like his brain sometimes <laughs> just sits there and just completely just. I love the reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been watching I've been watching Sopranos clips every chance I get now, like on my phone, they just pop up and just they had a best of quotes of uh fucking Uncle June. He's got so many goddamn good ones where I'm just like <laughs> Yeah, and I want to fuck Andy Dickinson. What do you think's gonna happen first? <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, are over there. <laughs> I think, though, it is time to wrap things up. I think we have, it's past 10 o'clock, so we are approaching three hours that we've been on this call. Uh, and also, that's a lot of editing for me to do. But I think we'll also be able to just run this dry anyways. Because uh, there really wasn't any moments of 
references that should be left out. Like I, I feel like it's more work for me and John because John and I sometimes we just start making inappropriate comments for ten minutes and it's just like, oh great, someone's got to edit this. But <laughs> tonight we were able to, um, especially too, I've been able to have like everybody got their time to shine. I feel like you know, like Dave was in, and then Tony was in, and we had fun with that, and then we were able to just kind of the last half oh, no, hour. They have not shined, baby. They have not seen me shine yet. Oh, they have like the, the you've been excellent in the dark side of the ring episodes. Well, you've well, you was you saw a glow. There's still more shining to be seen. I know, honey. Like, <laughs> trust me, this is why you're part of this because you're part of this ride. Because number one, you put up with the nights that I'm sitting here and I'm just like, ah, honey, I got to record. So can you do something about dinner? <laughs> you know, and you sacrifice. And uh, also, you're entertaining as fuck. So being on the show completely makes sense. And I was like, you know what? I think you'd really be great with Dark Side of the Ring and our Pro Wrestling 101 series that we're probably going to be talking about, where me, the professor, has to teach you about some of the big moments and things that have happened in pro wrestling history. Yes, and those are going to be live reacts. Yes. That's going to be fun. (laughs) That's going to be fun. I started her in the moment he needs to catch me in the moment so (laughs) we we started today with the war to settle the score now you're gonna have to watch the whole war to settle the score and then the main event of wrestlemania one that'll probably be some of our probably an episode there too we have a lot of things a lot of different things coming down the pipeline um a lot of great guests coming in uh hopefully john will be back soon i hope he is Love the fucking guy. I hope love you, John. Love you, John. Um, you know, I'm sure he's going to be able to hear this, and he listens to every episode, critiques me, tells me when something's bad or good. So he'll definitely be listening to this down the line. Um, John, if you're listening, we shall be getting Senior Stink soon. <laughs> we almost we almost got him today, actually. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's a story for another couple of days. All right, folks, but uh, thank you on behalf of myself, Tony Brony, Dave, the producer, Mac, and Steph. Thanks for being on tonight. Uh, you guys were a welcome addition. You guys will be on here, I'm sure. Steph, definitely more, and definitely Mac more as well, uh, except maybe the Hogan edition. I'll leave you off that. I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see. You'll thank probably you for be on. Me, though. Thank no, I appreciate it. No, I'm glad you were on. Uh, I love you. And it's just one of those deals. It's like um, doing doing anything with you is easy. Doing anything with Stephanie is easy at this because they're both they both bring something different to the table. And uh, that's what we want to try to do here, folks. We want to try to make it entertaining and also inform you about what makes this great industry fantastic. Wrestling is an art form. It is something that should be told in the best possible way. I've been a fan for over 30 years, Mac in the same boat. So we have two really long perspectives of this great industry. And I feel like that going on the path that we're going to go on down the line and continue, it's going to be a fun ride for everybody. So on behalf of everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. On this special occasion, we're going to do more of these, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Uh, thanks again, Mac. Thanks again, Steph, for being tonight on Pro Wrestling World Talks. And folks, we will see you again down the line. Thanks again. <laughs>